Broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program. Draw near that ye might be amused. It is uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. On this uh, Monday morning, you can also text if you like at 520 520- Five one five two zero five one, or you can uh, email if you like. It is Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant, can be reached at Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at uh, KUFO.com. And I'm full of television fail this morning. I The only thing I saw last night, of the four programs I attempted to watch, I saw one of them. And that's only because I'd already seen it the week before. So there you go. So I just... I just choked like no one has ever choked before. Not only, I did not watch Mad Men, nor did I watch, uh, nor did I watch Dexter, nor did I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm last night, which is that thing with the big Seinfeld reunion. Mm-hmm. I have, Darn I have some clips from that. Did you? Did you watch it, or do you just have clips? I watched most of it because it was on right before Bored to Death, uh, which I've been, death. which I've been watching. And I haven't watched that either. I'm a terrible person. It's amusing. I'm an awful American. It, it's not a quite up to HBO standards, but it's better than network TV. Now there's something in between. Here's a question I have. Uh, is it, um, I think it's it's Showtime that has that that Aaron Eckhart show, that Hung show where he plays the gigolo. No, that's on HBO. Is that on HBO? Yeah. Oh, what does it follow? It follows something else. Well, it doesn't really matter. The point is uh, that I haven't watched that either. We can just make a long list of things that I feel like I ought to be watching uh, that I'm not. So yeah, I didn't watch Mad Men. I didn't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, although I hear it was great. Um, not that I expect anything less from that show. I mean, that's a, Curb Your Enthusiasm, really, pound for pound, is just one of the best comedies, A, ever, and B, certainly, that's on right now, because that's the uh, Behold the Magic of HBO. And then I didn't watch Dexter, so it's all sitting on my TiVo, and I attempted to watch it, and I didn't. So let's get that out of the way right now. It's uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. I did, though... Uh, rewatch uh, on Saturday morning. I rewatched last night's episode of Californication because I had a, a sort of a preview copy of it that I rewatched solely because Mr. Skin had talked about what's her name, um, uh, Susan Sarandon's daughter, who was on that show, who was just unbelievably like scorchingly hot. So if you saw I that episode, it's the same one because Susan Sarandon. I've seen one of her daughters, but she's really weird looking. Uh, she's weird looking, but she's hot. Okay, well, she's got her... kind of an unusual uh, facial structure. Okay, because the only thing I've seen her in was in the Banger Sisters, but that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, she's. I would imagine she's maybe 23, 22. 
I mean, okay. she's got to be. I mean, she's early twenties. I mean, she's certainly out of her out of her teens. She's playing a college student, so I would imagine she's probably twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. She's got a sort of a. I mean, she's got a sort of an interesting look. But then again, so does Susan Sarandon. She's got kind of a. Um, she's got a little bit of puffy face going on, but. Uh, I don't know. I might have been distracted kind of by like the fact that... like a little chipmunk that, face? Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. she looks like she's hoarding nuts for the, for the winter. It's kind of like she's got a uh, mouthful of nuts. Anyway, it's uh, 503-228-4101. I tried to get myself out of that corner some other way, but there's just, there, was no, there was nowhere else to go. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Good morning. I'm doing fantastical. I saw one of my favorite bands in the entire world. This all past weekend. on Saturday. I saw all on, on and on Friday because my friend of mine actually uh, brought them to town. So they actually played in her basement on Friday night. Uh, so I got to see them then and I got to see them again on Saturday. Where were they on Saturday? Uh, at Dante's. Excellent. It was kind of amazing. It was one of those like epic concert things, like moments that happens where like it reminded me of like seeing face to face ten years ago at the Showbox, where like you're watching this band that you love so much and you know every single song, right? And like everyone there is just as into it as you are. It was. One of the greatest shows I've been to in such a long time. So on Saturday, so you were at all, and that would have been right around the same time that I was losing my hearing at uh, at the Roseland with Motorhead. At Motorhead, awesome. Jesus, God. I, I mean, I talked all last week, and in fact the week before, about you know, what a loud show it was and how they're just sort of legendarily crushing in terms of volume. And fortunately, Lara had actually gone to the coast, and she had taken my earplugs with her. And unfortunately, she was gone. But she, like, I looked at one point. I was getting ready to go for the show, and I'm like, "Well, I better get my hearing protection for the Motorhead show." And I, they realized they weren't there. And I called her. And I said, "Hey, do you have my earplugs?" And she said, "Oh yeah, I took them to, when she went to see um, Pearl Jam." She's like, "Oh yeah, I, I grabbed those on the way out." And I said, "Not a problem. I'll go to the store. I'll get some more." So I go to the guitar shop, and I bought what the guy claimed to be quote top of the line hearing protection. I mean, brand new, right out of the case. And I put those in. The house music before the band took the stage was at what I would term excessive levels. Um, it was so loud that I actually did not take my earplugs out until I, afterward when I was done outside on the street. <laughs> because they do this thing at the end, and I don't know if they've done this every time I've seen them. I only remember them doing it the last time and this time. But Motorhead ends the show with Lemmy just going up to his rack of amplifiers and just sort of sliding his hand across the top of the knobs, turning them all as loud as they will go, just to generate a wall of shrieking, wailing feedback. And then he just sets his bass down and goes, Good night! And then he walks off, and there's just this... Coming out of the speakers. That sounds like hell. At oh. just this unreal level. So, yeah, it, I was out on the sidewalk before I dared to take those things out of my ears. I mean, it was a great show, but god damn, it was loud. I got an email from Ryan White uh, from the Oregonian, mm-hmm. and he actually just said, I don't think he knew I was there, but he just sent me, he sent me a text message right after. He's like, just left Motorhead show. Lemmy has damaged my internal organs. I think I will urinate blood. Ryan. So there you go. So that was my weekend. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I, I rode my motorcycle like everywhere this weekend too. Excellent. It well, because you got to cherish the warm weather while we had. It was yeah, it was beautiful. Like rode all around the glorious St. John's. Of Excellent. That, yes, except for um, it's, it's a little scarier than I thought it was. Yes. Especially this time of the morning, you're very yeah. brave. Yeah, and you don't have anything there to shield you from. <laughs> but the you do have those Kevlar gloves. I do have my Kevlar gloves. So yeah, that was a little because I stayed at the boyfriend's house last night. He lives in North Portland, so I'm riding like like through like these really terrifying neighborhoods during the day, let alone like... Well, so as long as they shoot you in the hands, you'll be fine. Exactly. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, that's what I do. Thanks. 
Uh, coming up later on today, we'll talk to Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian about the weekend box office. Uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, we will do our absolute final uh, period on the end of the Surviving and Drive It sentence. Uh, Katie and Jessica will pay a visit. A couple to of us. freshly scrubbed gals will be in here, <laughs> I hope. I won't even recognize them without their, without their coating of filth. Uh, and a pair of tickets to see Anvil at some point today, as well as a pair of tickets to see Juliet Lewis. Uh, Juliet and the Licks are going to be at Dante's this coming Saturday. By the way, we will be uh, recording an interview with Juliet Lewis this coming weekend that we will play back next month. So, so be excited. Listening for details on that. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 510. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs of the mid-60s. And in case you're wondering, it is cold out there. 45 degrees currently downtown. Yes, fall is here. And I can tell because I took all the uh, cushions from my outdoor furniture and packed them away for the winter. And I put my pumpkins on my steps for Halloween. And I took out my slippers and my overcoat. Like you're all, <laughs> you're all Henry Fonda and on Golden Pond, but sort of in reverse. Yes. Uh, I, uh, was just lamenting to my wife, actually, that I almost feel like we need to, we need to rent a house in the suburbs, but just for like the last two weeks or so of, uh, of October, because, you know, I'm a huge freak for Halloween. The two, the two, I, I don't really, I'm not really getting into the, the holidays very much. Uh, the two holidays that I'm into, I'm very into Christmas, very into Halloween. And so right now, and I skip over Thanksgiving because it's a stupid holiday, but right now is when I start ramping up for Halloween and then all the way through uh, the first of the year, I'm in holiday mode. But we're now going to be, I don't know, this is like the third, fourth year we've been in the house uh, in Southeast. And I've just come to the realization that there's no kid who's ever going to come to our house for, for Halloween on, for trick-or-treating. It just doesn't... You wait every year and it never Every happens. year. No, I just sit there with a bowl of candy for revelers who will never arrive. And I, I mean, and I, I, last year I didn't because I think... I think it kind of snuck up on us last year for whatever reason, but I uh, but I go all out. I decorate certainly the inside of the house, and then I have this whole thing I do with the outside of the house where I put up that big that that wrought iron uh, jack o' lantern that I have. Last year, I actually went to the trouble though of rigging a series of speakers on the outside of my house to play spooky Halloween noises <laughs> to no one, to no one, to to kids who don't they don't even live in the neighborhood. I think that I think our neighborhood is some sort of childhoods and the Arthur C. Clarke thing where the kids have all been taken away. Rick, honestly. If you want to come to my house on Halloween and pass out candy, you totally can. Now, are there kids in your neighborhood? There are billions of kids in my neighborhood. I just pretend I'm not home. Okay, see, because that's the I only night out of yeah. the year that I actually like children is Halloween. That's no, the one day out of the year oh, that no, I'll tolerate. Constant, constant. Like, they, they never stop ringing my doorbell. Because we were going to offer to take some suburban house, uh, you know, like a, like in some Tim's neighborhood type place. And the deal was I would I would offer to decorate it, you know, just like for that one night. Like, I'll decorate your house for Halloween. Uh, the only deal is that I get I get to, you know, camp out there on the night of the 31st, and then I get to go back home. Because otherwise I'm just, uh, you know, I'm decorating for, uh, really just for myself. I'm just saying, I probably won't be, well, I know I won't be home, so. And the, candy. and the foliage is very pretty in the suburbs already. You should take a drive out and look at it. All right, well, well I'm, on the streets of Tannisport, why it's a wonderland. I may take one of you up on that. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, today's the last day to sign the Get Rid of Mayor Adams petition. The campaign will be collecting signatures until noontime, and then it's over. No more. Fail. <laughs> mm-hmm. They need 32,000 signatures, and they won't say how many they have so far. Not going to happen. Well, huge crowds cheered on thousands of Portland Marathon runners as city streets were closed down yesterday to irritate people in cars. Running is not a sport. They, they say it's the best one ever, but how, how can you possibly count all those people? I don't know. 5,000 unemployed Oregonians will get a 13-week extension of benefits now. The state has the fourth-highest unemployment rate in the nation with 12.2%. Now, here's how this works out. The state pays unemployment up to 26 weeks. 
Federally paid un- unemployed workers get up to 33 weeks. And now the Oregon emergency benefits go 13 weeks more as of yesterday. I'm so confused. So this is a total of how much unemployment does the average person get if they get fired? Let's see. So 26 plus 13 would be 39. So almost a full year. Yeah. So that's, uh, wait, 36 is a four. Yeah, so that's like eight months of unemployment. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, I mean, there's nothing to sneeze at. No, not at all. Yeah, who does the Portland Marathon benefit? I mean, no one really in the nobody, larger nobody. sense, of course. But it's, I mean, is it people running for nothing? But is it? But it, in other words, is it one of those like we can't cure anything? Run. I was going to say at least the other races, like they're pretending that they're going to cure something. It's like, we admit we help no one. That's it, we're just running for the fun of it, just to clog traffic and irritate people. So it really, that's there really isn't even any sort of theoretical larger purpose to it. It's just idiots in the street. Yeah, I mean, and every city has an idiot's in the street run. Jesus, I mean, which is, and you know, the only problem—well, not the only problem. One of the many problems with that marathon is that even if you sleep till noon, uh, you know, if you get up really late, if you try to go anywhere downtown on the day of the marathon, there's just morons trickling down every side street. Look, if you have to walk, stay home. All right, just why don't you wait until you can actually run and complete the? I'm going to walk a marathon. You know what? If you're if you're walking it, it's not a marathon. It's you walking somewhere. Go to the goddamn mall. Jesus, because then you got people who are taking five hours to walk the marathon route, and I don't know when it starts. It starts early, right? Like five or six or seven or something. Which means until like eleven or noon, you got people walking, clogging up everywhere. Well, as you put it, Tim, those of us with cars are trying to drive and to engage the great engine of American uh, capitalism, right. but we can't because there's people, uh, you know, like wearing ill-fitting sort of rain slickers uh, on every street downtown. Whole thing's very frustrating. Let's do uh, one more hand. And if break. you can't drive, you're not driving with communism. That's, That's the way right. I said. Uh, 37-year-old Pennsylvania woman is dead after being mauled by her pet black bear. Kelly Ann Waltz was attacked when she entered the bear's cage to feed the 350-pound animal and clean its cage. The bear wasn't uh, the only unusual animal living on the property. An official uh, tells the uh, television station there the homeowner had a permit to keep a Bengal tiger and an African lion. And the uh, the property routinely passed inspection and had no violations. A neighbor shot and killed the bear that attacked the owner. Well, the investigation continues. Why did the bear get mad and try to kill somebody? It's a bear. Mm-hmm. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, we come back more from Tim Riley at the news desk later on today. Uh, Katie and Jessica from Survive It and Drive It. We'll talk about uh, all the many, many fine television programs I watched last night. Did you see this thing about Letterman's secret bedroom? Letterman's secret bedroom. Awesome. Stay there. The Rick Every Emerson Show have one. continues next. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101. KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO coming up at 6 o'clock. Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio in Atlanta, Georgia coming up at 6.20. Ball talk with Greg Nibbler uh, later on the day. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. We'll talk about uh, the weekend box office and a whole pastel of television shows uh, that I failed to watch. And I really meant to. But the thing is, the reason that I didn't get anything watched last night is because it's a sort of chain reaction of shows. You know, where I like I, I try to watch. Because I think Dexter's on at 9.00. Something like that. I think it's on a nine, and the Mad Men's on a ten. Uh, the uh, anyway, it's it's, uh, it's just a big it's just a big uh, blur in my head. But then I you know I try to get Dexter watched and have it done and finished by the time the Mad Men comes on uh, at ten. And then of course the problem is the Mad Men overlaps with California Fornication and blah blah blah. blah. 
Uh, and Lara's sort of opposed to uh, to being uh, in the room when Dexter is playing. She has something about not being subjected to the sounds and sights of a serial killer if she doesn't have to. And so she got home late. She was still up. And so as a result, I wasn't really able to watch it. And so because I wasn't able to watch Dexter, I was there for... It, there, was, there, there was then no reason for me to stay up. So I just uh, went to bed and was lame. So uh, Christy will be covering all of that stuff today, though. We'll uh, also be talking to Katie and Jessica from Survive It and Drive It and a pair of tickets for you to see Anvil. We're going to be at the Wonder Ballroom on uh, February 11th, plus they're going to be showing that uh, you know, the documentary of those guys. So we're going to be giving away those tickets right now today, though. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 527. It's 45 degrees, going to be partly sunny today, highs in the mid-60s. It's humble. What is it outside? 45. Jesus, God. Yeah. That explains why my back window was all frosted up. Do you ever have your car get to such levels of filth that you, you can't, uh, you're not quite sure if it's frost or if it's if you've just got huge, uh, you know, like patches of, uh, you know, of um, schmutz all no, over the back? I, I park in the garage. You probably don't. But I, yeah. uh, well, you know what I mean, where it's just like you got, where you're not quite sure if you if you got to. Wasn't uh, that survive it and drive it? Go give your car a good scrubbing. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm just saying, Tim, dirt, no. filth accumulates. I got to get my car detailed this week anyway. I had this whole. Uh, this whole unpleasant experience with a milkshake uh, last week. At, uh, the You're inside always of my... spilling liquids in your car. I am. Uh, this, uh, this, uh, and I haven't gotten it. Uh, I haven't gotten the inside of my car clean since the time I spilled that orange juice inside. Because I got most of it, it. Most of it landed right on the seat for good or ill, and I got it sopped up and cleaned off right away. Most of it did not go into the rug. I didn't even tell the story last week, but I uh, when I was on the way back from um, from Vancouver for survive it and drive it on I think Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. I'd sort of been out there, I think, from maybe, I don't know, like like 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and I've been here really late. The point is, the upshot is I didn't get the chance to go home and eat, and I'd sort of been awake all day. And, you know, sometimes if you go for a long time without eating, you suddenly, like, you start to crave something really sugary, and I think that's just because it's a reaction to not having had, you know, any energy or you know, your low in caloric intake. So your body's sort of like, get, get me something that's satisfying right now. And so on the way back from Vancouver, I think last Tuesday... I did something I very rarely do, which is I went to a Dairy Queen, and I went through the drive-thru, and I get, uh, you know, like, I got a blizzard. And so on the way home, I have the blizzard next to me, and I I didn't remember the chain of events that led up to this, but I got about a third of the way into it, and then something, like, fell into it. It was something gross. It was like, uh, it was like... It, In your car? Yeah, it was like, but it was like a fly or something had gotten into it. Like, I had the lid off of the blizzard so I could just sort of spoon it in. And I looked down, and it was something, it was like a gnat or a fly had... What is with you, like, surrounded by bugs? <laughs> you have spiders crawling out of your shoes and, like, flies in your milkshake? I've never heard of such a thing. In my own defense, like your I... Like, own, like, pig pen. I had, but, but I remember days like that, you know, back in college when I would live in bad studio apartments. I should say that in my own defense, I had just come back from standing next to a garbage-filled truck, so they may have come with me. I'm not entirely sure about that. Oh but I got like a third of the way to the into this Dairy Queen blizzard, and I looked down, and there's like, a, there's like a fly or something that had been crawling around on the top of it because I had my lid off, and I'm like, well, F that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, but my filth only goes so far. There are boundaries to my personal level of disgust. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to throw this away. I won't be able to eat it. And so what do I do? Do I wait until I, uh, you know, arrive at a gas station somewhere? Do I wait until there's a dumpster nearby? Do I perhaps wait until I'm home and decide to throw it away then? No. I decide to be a bad American and a terrible environmentalist, and I decide to throw it out the window. (laughs) So I'm speeding along the highway. Well, I guess that's what got me in the outdoors for. 
and I lower the passenger window, and I pick up the blizzard in my hand, and I go to throw it, and you want to talk about instant karma of just Gaussian levels? I go to throw this nearly full blizzard at the passenger window, what and of course, you you're going, garbage? you're going, I typically don't do that, but it was like, it was just grossing me out to see it sit there, and it was making me angry seeing this, this ice cream thing that I could not eat. Okay. It was like God was just taunting me with it. I should say in my own defense, I don't typically, I don't litter, and I try not to throw garbage away. But I was, it was just making me angry because I'd been looking forward to it for like an hour and a half. And I, and I got like three bites in it that I had to stop because there was a fly crawling around it. So I'm like, screw this. It is, it is dead to me. I take the blizzard and I go to throw it out the passenger side window. And you're going like 55 miles an hour, which means I think there's some weird wind pressure thing that happens. So it basically careens. I mean, it's only like three feet from the end of my arm to the window. And yet somehow it doesn't make it to the window. It hits the inside of the door frame and just goes all over the inside of the car. Which I didn't mention last week because it was too embarrassing. Now I've got enough distance from it now that I can see the comedy in it. But if you, but man, you look at the inside of my car anywhere on the passenger side, and it's like just one big sheen of just everywhere. Turn on the heat, and it just smells like you're inside of Farrell's ice cream shop. Jesus. All right, here's Tim Riley. I don't know where to begin. I, I don't know. Did you see this text message we got last night that just says, oh, F me harder? I didn't get that. I did not get that. Well, it wasn't sent to me personally, I don't think. <laughs> this is at like midnight, midnight, uh, midnight 11. This is like 11 minutes after midnight. We got a text message, and by we, I mean whoever was working here, that just says, oh, F me harder. Wait, All I have right. to find this. All right. Oh, well, who, wow. who was working last night at 11? David Letterman, I think. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you? Good morning, Rick and Sarah and Tib. How are you guys this morning? Hello, Hi, sir. Thank you. Good. That's an enthusiastic response for 5.30 on a Monday morning. Hey, um, I, I couldn't agree with you more on the runners. I had a bit of confrontation down in northwest Portland with them. But, hey, I wanted to check and see what you thought of your bacon-flavored peanuts. Okay, I've got those. Hold on. This is uh, Eric, right? Yep. I've got those right here. Now, I don't want you to think that Rick Emerson doesn't care. He does. Uh, I was just waiting for the right moment. Um, so I've got these right here, smoky bacon peanuts from Planters. Uh, these are... These are right here. Uh, so um, so I have not tried these yet. So, in fact, let me just try one right now. Who wants some bacon-flavored peanuts? I not do. me. Uh, Tim. Sarah I'm and I will have to. a bit early in the morning for that kind of snack food, but hey, knock yourself Not out. in this room. I don't think so. And, uh, you know, and I should say that we are actually approaching the official breakfast hour anyway. I mean, really, this is, it's not so unreasonable to think that we would be having a breakfast food. All right. Well, if you can figure out a way to make an egg-flavored, you know, uh, candy or something, you'd have a complete breakfast. An egg-flavored candy? That is wrong. Oh, yeah. I don't, all right, here we go. Well, Halloween is coming soon. Gag response. Are those, uh, oh, sweet Lord. What the hell is wrong with this? All right, have we got it? Okay, yeah. there we go. All right, I am trying the bacon-flavored peanuts right now. Those are peanuts that taste like bacon. It does taste like bacon. Does I, I, it's kind of a faking bacon, but it's bacon nonetheless. No, no, no. Well, I mean, any bacon in a storm. Any They're pork, good. Any pork in a storm, sir. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. All right. Thank you, my friend. Uh, bye-bye. Any pork in a storm. Greg is pointing out that the same person who said F me harder also said in another text message, I can't sleep and I have school tomorrow. <laughs> ah, radio. Uh, all right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, not have been left homeless following a fire at a Beaverton apartment complex. A couple watching the TV at their place in the 13,000 block of Southwest Farmington Road at 1 in the morning heard crackling and found their patio ablaze. They quickly escaped through a bedroom window with the kids. This is something bizarre, but why not in Clackamas? 
Uh, an Oregon City man has been arrested after allegedly exposing himself to women in the Clackamas Town Center parking lot. The mall surveillance camera show 30-year-old Joseph Alec circling the parking lot in his blue Bronco 17 times and then knocking on his car window to get attention of women walking by. Oh, sort of a, hey, look hey, at this. look at this. Yeah. If you can see it. Yeah, I got something special for you right here. All right. Well, those of you who've seen Observe and Report know that that, uh, that situation resolves itself in an unexpected way later on. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 6 o'clock, Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio. When we return at 540, we will have more news from Tim Riley. 620, uh, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler later on, Katie and Jessica, as we do the uh, final wrap-up on KUFO Survivor to Drive It Contest. You stay there. We return next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts. We'd like to glean it from your brain. Your tasty, tasty brain. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's really hard to think today. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't forget, at some point today, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Star Wars in concert. A unique multimedia experience combining the classic John Williams scores and unforgettable cinematic moments in the Star Wars saga. Uh, that is at some point today. Coming up at 6 o'clock, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer. Uh, ball talk with Greg Nibbler at 620, including an update on what's your name, that uh, Aaron Andrews, that hot uh, ESPN chick that uh, somebody apparently was filming in the altogether in her uh, hotel room. Plus, Chris, the turnquest from the Oregonian, and uh, we'll talk with Katie and Jessica, our uh, Survive It and Drive It uh, final twosome in the 8 o'clock hour. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 546, 45 degrees. And get this. This from the National Weather Service. A local frost is a possibility for tomorrow morning. Clear skies combined with cool air in place will allow for temperatures to fall into the 30s tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, fine, fine, fine. I mean, if it's going to happen, I'd rather 30s just... 30s tomorrow morning. I'd rather just start and just be here so I can so I can be sort of the same that. I did turn on the heat this weekend at my house, which is oh, the I first time I've done that. that. Uh, you know, and I try not to do it that often because I am kind of a miser. I'm a little bit of a, of a penny pincher in that Me way. But the, but the chink in my armor, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of just being so tight-fisted with my money is the temperature in the house. I mean, that's the, 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 like, as soon as it gets to be above 75 degrees, the air conditioner goes on. And really, as soon as it drops below, I mean, I can take the cold much more than I can take the heat. But there is this sort of line of demarcation past which I have no problem going over and just turning up the thermostat. I mean, that really is my, that's my weak point there. Because it, life is just too short to do, what, what am I going to be Jimmy Carter just put on a sweater and sit there shivering in the house? I mean, we are modern, evolved people. It's 2009. I have a job. I'm going to turn on the heat. That's, which, and there's nothing... Can I just tell you, this is nothing better than when the house is unbelievably cold, when you turn on the heat and you just feel like the warm, uh, hot air sort of billowing out of those vents. That's a great feeling. It really is. Clackamas County Sheriff's Department SWAT team was called to an old lady's home over the weekend after she allegedly threatened the cops. Canby police called the team after a 62-year-old woman had a plastic knife. She broke a window and threatened to pull a gun on the cops. She was later seen carrying a 22 caliber rifle. The SWAT team eventually coerced the lady into letting them come into the apartment. She was taken to a local hospital. They don't want to file any charges on the old girl. 
Solar panel, panel manufacturer Solar World is expanding to its futuristic facility in Hillsboro ahead of schedule. The company announced its new 210,000-square-foot plant will open in November. The addition will house assembly lines with the solar panels, make it the only company in Oregon to sell panels made entirely in the state. The company's current building handles the first three phases of solar panel production. The solar industry has been unsteady recently due to Asia's overproduction of solar panels. Prices have fallen by nearly 50% of the past year. I don't understand anything about solar power. I mean, I let me take that back. I understand that it's stuff that's that, you know where the sun runs everything, but I have yeah. no idea. Like, if I just go and buy a solar panel and take it home, but, like, then what? I mean, does, do I just plug stuff into the side of it, or... Yeah, it makes your house look a little uglier than it did before. Well, it does. It's hideous. It looks like a horrible... And it, and it depends on the sun, which we don't get very much of during certain seasons. See, that was my other question. If you have solar panels in Portland, are you just effed, like, half the year? I think so, because I have, like, solar-operated lights, and in the winter, they're supposed to recharge. They never reccharge, therefore they don't work. What do you mean you have solar-operated lights? You mean they're triggered by the, 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 the battery, light going down? The batteries are charged by the sun, and they turn on at night on the walkway in my courtyard. <laughs> What? In your courtyard? Where I just, where nymphs and tree elves frolic in the night. So you mean you're talking about like the little um, like the little above ground lights that sort of illuminate right. the path like to your house? Lights. Correct. The ones you just like poke into the ground. Yes. Okay. And so well, mine are hanging from these hooks. So there's a cell that detects when the light has gone down for the night, and, and they turn on. The right, and then they turn and they're on. supposed to charge with the sun. So if there's no sun, to the, are they just dead, or do they run off a battery, or do they run off electric power or something? Well, the batteries don't get a chance to recharge, therefore they don't work a lot during the winter. So they don't work. In other words, they don't switch to a backup system if there's no sun. No, there's no such thing. So if I have a solar panel in my house. House. If I like, I guess my question is: so this company's making these solar panels that you're supposed to put on the roof of your house to whatever to save costs on electricity or some such. Mm-hmm. But how does that work? Like the solar panels on your roof, and I got a blender on my kitchen counter. How does it get from one to the other? It. Like, do it, I have to contact a power sun, company it, and no, have them? There, there's a battery that the there's a battery that the sun charges, right? Which in turn gives you power. If there's not enough sun hitting this reflector, it does not charge the battery. Therefore, you have to go to backup, which is probably your usual electrical system. So if the solar panel's on my roof, the sun hits it, it charges a battery. And then how does the power get from the battery to, like, again, like uh, you know, my microwave or something? Do, in well, other words, it would be, uh, does it patch into my home power somehow? Yes. yes. So I couldn't install that myself. That's, I mean, not I wouldn't me. recommend it, no. Not that I could install mm. anything, but I mean, like some guy, like a guy who actually knew what he was doing with tools, Yes, he still couldn't install himself. Like, you've got to have somebody come put that in for mm-hmm. you, right? See, that's where the racket is right there. That's the It's the installation. Because what they need is, they just need to create a solar panel that just trails like a huge extension cord or something into the house, and then just stick stuff into it. What they Here's what they need. They need a solar panel that you can just set outside. You can just set it outside, and then you just, uh, it, you know, it'll be like your air conditioning uh, exhaust where they drill a small hole, in, or like when you get your cable put in, and they drill a small hole in your house that they then insulate around, and the cord goes outside. They need to create a solar panel you can just set outside uh, that is secured somehow, and on a sunny day, you put it out there, and it comes inside, and it charges like a uh, it charges like a standalone battery that you keep in your hallway or your closet, and you can run stuff off of that. Because that's the the insulation is probably where most of your cost is coming from, right? Just the labor of paying some yes. guy to come sit on your roof and the and it, and as you said, they're hideous looking anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's the wave of the future and all. But all right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, let's talk about the uh, swine flu because it's coming soon. A Memphis rapper is hoping his uh, public service announcement catches on nationwide. 
Sarah Vince has recorded this swine flu rap. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes, really. Where is that from? Uh, Memphis. All right, home so of home of Sun Records. Well, Sam uh, Phillips would be proud. I know, yeah. uh, I'll be sure to play. With, Amanda is not in. She's not in Memphis. She's in. Uh, Do you think Lacey might put it in rotation for that AM station? Oh, probably. She's uh, she's in Atlanta, but uh, you know, let's see, the South is the South. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and play that for Amanda Moyer here at the top of the hour. We'll see if she's uh, she if she's heard that. She wants to uh, get her uh, get her chop on and so forth. All right, it's five zero three two two eight. 4101, thank you for joining us this morning. We will talk to Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio in Atlanta when we come back about the swine flu. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian coming up later on as well. Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk at 620 and uh, a pair of tickets for you to see Star Wars in concert. Stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland! Maybe I'm misunderstanding. What do you mean that somebody threw up in the kitchen? It's gross. You can tell weekenders are back. I mean, if they just left it there? It yes. really looks like somebody threw up on the counter in the mm-hmm. kitchen. Is this something that just appears to be vomit? This is an actual vomit. I didn't get close enough to find out. You I don't know how you would sample that, you didn't nor do I care. Dust for vomit. Yes, right. taste it's test. It's gross. <laughs> All right, well, I, now I have to go look. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Coming up at 620, Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. 720, Christy Turnquist from the uh, Oregonian. will recap the weekend box office featuring Zombie Town. Uh, let's see what else. Jessica and Katie from Survive It and Drive It, uh, the runner-up and winner. Um, uh, not respectively, whatever the opposite of that is. Anyway, they'll be on in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. We also have a pair of tickets for you to see Anvil when they come to the Wonder Ballroom. And uh, Juliet Lewis, Juliet and the Licks will be in town. Uh, they'll be at Dante's this Saturday. We'll be interviewing them as well. Also this week, Max Brooks, author of the Zombie Survival Guide, and I swear to God, Rick Springfield. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Monday morning. Wow, what a day this is for David Letterman News. First, an intern claims David Letterman has a secret bedroom. Awesome. CBS pulls the Letterman clips from YouTube, but people keep putting them back up. An Indianapolis man gets his ear bitten off, and uh, the British government is asking Arnold Schwarzenegger to shut down a prostitution website. Don't ask me why. It's 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, uh, Ms. Amanda Moyer. Hello, and how are you on this Monday? Good morning. I'm great today. How are you? I'm fantastic. You know why? Because I've been newly apprised. Appraised? Apprised. What is the thing you do to a house? Appraised. I've been apprised of the dangers of swine flu uh, by one of the South's preeminent... Greg, uh, is this uh, is this crunk, this uh, rap that we were hearing, or is this more I, of a... Uh, what I don't style think, of rap might this be? I, I don't think this would count as crunk. I'm not sure uh, what style this would fall under. Tim, uh, do we have the swine flu PSA? Yes, this is uh, the Sir Vincent Swine Flu Song. All right, so Amanda, we're going to play you a little bit of a, uh, a PSA that is warning people everywhere, uh, presumably in the South and beyond, about the dangers of swine flu, and we're not making this up. Tim, okay. go ahead and... Uh... All right. All right. This is, is a swine flu rap. Announcement, so let me go on 
announce it. It's one thing what I hate to be around. This is it, live a silent. What a dirty virus is coming to attack on scrapping like a fighting iris. Call it real talk, I call it real so am I to understand that it attacks your system like the fighting Irish? Is that what he says about halfway through? Yes. Uh, so there you go. Now, do you feel like you are more aware of the dangers, Amanda, and that you're able to face this day with uh, a maximum of safety and precaution? I do. I feel very informed now. Excellent. Uh, so tell me about this swine flu vaccine that they want people to get. Here's why I'm innately suspicious of this. It's not like I'm some, I, you know, I'm not like some conspiracy guy, and I don't believe that it's a way for the government to inject miniature microchips into my head or whatever. But it seems like we all just sort of became aware of the swine flu, at least the latest version of it, just a short while ago. And the government can't even fix the, the hole in the road in front of my house. And so the idea that they've somehow magically now developed a thing that I can spray into my nose that'll protect me, it just strikes me as a little odd. I, I wonder if this was a rush job. Well, and you're not alone. A lot of people are wondering if it's safe. They're wondering if it was rushed out. But um, health officials continue to address that by saying that uh, their children will be getting this vaccine. They're going to be getting it. And that it's something that uh, they have thoroughly gone over and they say that it is safe. Uh, They haven't cut corners. They haven't done anything differently than what they would normally do. And they are used to rolling out the seasonal flu vaccine. And it's it's similar. It just uses um, different strains. So this is one of those things where they're taking, is this where they take like a small uh, amount of swine flu or like a, uh, whatever, like a little dose of swine flu and they give it to me in the hopes that my body will go, aha. And it's, it's, so when they give you this, is it kind of like where they, um, is it kind of like where they do a, like a test or a drill or maybe where you go to a convenience store and they've hung up a picture behind the counter that says, if you see this man, call the police, but it's, but the man is swine flu and the guy behind the register is my, uh, my, my, my white blood cells. Well, I asked the CDC if you actually get the flu, a small touch of it from the vaccine, and they say no, that doesn't happen. Because with some vaccines, that does happen. You get a small touch of it. Um, and, you know, we're talking about these these vaccines that are coming out today and this week. It's going to be a nasal spray kind that comes out first. And uh, they say there is a difference between the two because the um, the flu shots are made of killed flu virus. The spray actually has a little bit of the live virus in it. I think maybe even if that's true, they should downplay that just for marketing purposes. I think asking somebody if they'd like a nose full of live virus is probably not the way to get Americans to heartily embrace something. But, you know, what probably do I know? Probably not. But uh, I guess if you want to try it first, you can. You have to go with that one. All right. So just as you uh, as you face the rest of your day, Amanda, just remember, uh, H1N1, uh, fight in your system like the fighting Irish. So just uh, keep that in mind. Maybe make a little mnemonic device for yourself out of that. I should use that in my next affiliate live. There you go. You know, you have just, you, that, is, that is our gift to you today, Amanda. <laughs> well, right. thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> you too. There you go. That is Amanda Moyer, CNN Radio Center in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, we'll do this straight ahead. We will have ball talk with Greg Nibbler coming up at 640. Tim Riley has more news. 7 o'clock, Christy Turnquist will uh, wrap up the weekend box office. And wait, so did nobody see any of the shows last night? Are we all on the same page here? We're all equally ignorant? I saw nothing. All right, excellent. I saw Bored to Death, but nobody cares about the show but me. Straight ahead. Good more. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Look, 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 like this. This is Rock 101. You, sir, I'm not going to amount to much. <laughs> KUFO. In one game, you're telling me there was a soccer game where somebody made five goals? No, it was a combo of two. It was. This wasn't over a whole season or anything, was it? All right. 
It's uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. At some point before 9 o'clock, you get a chance to win a pair of tickets to see Star Wars in Star Wars in concert. Uh, that is happening at the uh, Rose Garden on uh, Wednesday, October 14th. That is next Wednesday. Also, a pair of tickets to see Juliet Lewis and the Licks. Juliet and the Licks are going to be at Dante's this coming Saturday, and uh, we'll be doing an interview with her uh, Man, that day. I'm so excited. So excited. We saw some video of her performing, and then I saw another like little clip of her doing an interview. So that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be something. Let's no, put it that way. She seems like a fireball. Like I want to know. Just I, I'm so excited to like get to meet her and see what she's like in person. I bet she's. Uh, this is just my prediction. I bet she's really nice. I bet, I bet she rad. really is. I bet she gushes a lot. I bet she does. She have a southern accent when she talks. Is it like her normal accent I, southern? I don't know, but I want her to be just like she was in California. See, that would be awesome. I want her to be just like she was in Natural Born Killers. So we're sort of on the same <laughs> page. Basically, I want her to be like crazy hot, and for there to be like a one in three chance she'll stab me. Oh, she's she's uh, still a very good looking girl. Yeah, California. Good reference there. Early. I remember. I remember uh, when uh, Laura and I were first together. We rented the movie. You've seen California, haven't you, Sarah? With a K. I don't think I have. Brad Pitt, uh, David Duchovny? No, but that sounds amazing. David Duchovny, I think, is a, he's a uh, is a true crime author. Is that the deal? Yeah, he's like going across the country like writing books about murderers or something, or murder sites. And then he meets Brad Pitt and Julia Lewis, who are a couple, and a crazy couple of that, and they're all killy. And whatnot, and it's like he sort of learns like the horrifying truth behind the you know what he's been peddling as you know as you know as a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he learns that true crime is not really as fun when it's happening to you. But they are just like full on nuts in that film, and we're watching it. I remember Lars saying, "There's sort of a one-two punch where we're watching California, which is a great film." And Lars saying, "Well, I don't know. I just don't buy it. I don't think people like that really exist. You know, these sort of like these like like corn pone rubes. She's like, I I think it's too much of a cliche. There there aren't people like this in the real world." And it was about three months later that I had her watch that movie Paradise Lost, which is about the West Memphis Three, which is a documentary filled with nothing but people like that. I mean, it's like mm. not one tooth among them. So uh, California, it's a great film, but we're going to... Oh, when I was planning uh, all this week, like every day, to watch a Juliette Lewis movie that I hadn't seen before. Which to is? To prepare. Well, I mean, so I'll, I'll watch California. Like, I don't know. I'll, oh, I'm going to watch one like every day. So you're going to bone up on her entire I'm, I'm going to prepare. Can I just admit something to you right now? I've never seen that, uh, that, what is the movie where she's the, it's like retards in love. Oh, the other sister. The other sister. <laughs> Whatever it is. I wanted to say riding the bus with my sister, but that's Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, she's not in that as like a, like a supporting character or something, is she? No, no, she's mentally retarded in it. In riding the bus Ow. with my sister? Oh, no, no, in the other sister. So she's only in the one movie, not both. No. I thought she was on a streak or something there for no, a while. No, I, I think she's stuck to the one. <laughs> so this is where she and Giovanna Ribisi are both mental and they're humping it out at one point. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I actually haven't seen it either. I, I've only ever have seen the seen video clip. I've seen the montages no, online. No, I have not seen that. Tim, have you seen the other sister? I don't believe so. I didn't even see the first one. It's the it's where Giovanna Ribisi is. Uh, he's like handicapped, and he has a whole like you smell like cake batter. Let's have sex or or whatever. And then that's that's all I remember from the trailers. <laughs> I he's, the trailers being disturbing. Yeah. If that line is in it, I do want to watch this. Now. He says something like he comp- he says that she smells like a food, and I forget what it's like cake batter or maple syrup or something or other. And you know, and then and then they get it on. So. I'm making it sound less interesting than it is, I think. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines for you on this Monday. I just lost interest. Uh, some of the things going... In your own news or in me or in the show? Oh, nothing, really. Uh, a blind lawyer claims he was overbilled by a prostitute taking advantage of his sightlessness. Fox Searchlight is negotiating for Ramon's biopic 
And this is the last day to sign the petition to boot the mayor out of office. Yeah, get right on that. I'm sure your vote will make, uh, your signature will make all the difference, whoever you are. Uh, it's 503-228. For not that I'm trying to discourage participation in the democratic process. I'm just saying that you can tell, by the way, that they know they're not going to do it. That's why they won't reveal how many signatures are already on that. Bless you, Sarah. Thank you. So whatever one thinks about the the personal and public behavior of Mr. Sam Adams, one thing is certain. There are not 32,000 people that want to live through that whole thing over again. You will not find 32,000 people. You could spend the next five years. You won't find 32,000 people that want to spend six months dragging all of that uh, back into the light. Not going to happen. All right. It is that time once again. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in Major League Baseball, the Twins and Tigers will play a one-game playoff to determine who gets in the playoffs. That's the second year in a row the Twins are going to have to do that. That's starting tomorrow. In uh, soccer, the Portland Timbers... Well, they're not in the playoffs anymore. We'll just say that oh. uh, they they didn't they didn't do so good. They seem yesterday. so positive about everything. Well, they they were positive, but uh, yeah, they are, they'll have uh, all season to get more positive for uh, for next year. <laughs> they'll um, have time to to bone up for next year. They'll have lots of time off to watch lots of soccer. Uh, and let's see, there has been an update in the Aaron Andrews peeping case. Now, of course, Aaron Andrews is the ESPN reporter who uh, somebody secretly videotaped her changing clothes in her hotel room. I think that was about a couple of months ago. Well, there's been an arrest, and uh, the arrest was Michael David Barrett, who was arrested at Chicago O'Hare International Airport yesterday. He was uh, arrested for, uh, these are the charges here, uh, take with... so, let me let me start this over, sir. I'm just excited thinking about naked Aaron Andrews. Uh, she was uh, he was arrested with the intent to place under surveillance, with intent to harass and intimidate, and to cause substantial emotional duress to a person in another state. So apparently, what he'd been doing, and how they didn't catch on that this guy was doing this, I don't know. He was calling around to different hotels, asking if Aaron Andrews was staying there, and apparently those, these hotels were giving out the information and giving out her room number, She's room seventy five. Head on up. Yeah. Oh, Aaron Andrews is here, of course, and he would go up there and somehow without getting caught, would take the peephole from the door and replace it with a camera. And uh, did this several times. And so they're worried that there's some more video that could be released because of this. He's going to be arraigned in California, or arraigned in Chicago today to be transferred back to California. All right, see, okay, but that brings us back to the, the whole question I had about this at the very beginning. When you're saying that he was taking the peephole out of the door, the little thing you look through to see if the pizza guy's there, mm-hmm. and replacing it with a camera... That brings us all the way back to my question of how how does that even work with her change? I don't know about you, uh, but, I mean, do you know anybody who changes clothes, strips down all the way nude, like in the center of their hotel room right in front of the door? If, if it's your own hotel room, I've... I mean, she's not staying in a regular hotel room, though. Erin Andrews yeah. is not staying in a That's one true. room. She's not staying in a Motel 6. That's true. Uh, the whole thing just still seems a little fishy. It's just, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, that, that this isn't how it happened. It's just sort of weird. Although, I guess if he was if he was stalking her, I guess, everywhere, like town to town, yeah. then I guess maybe the law of averages indicates that if you film her every night, eventually... Like, maybe nine times out of ten, she changes clothes in the bathroom or something. But that, I guess he's angling for that one night that she changes in front of the camera. Well, and they're saying that he's done this several times. So, obviously, he just wasn't caught. Now, I don't know whether he went back and took the camera back out of the places he wasn't successful That's another at, question. Or if like, the camera's still there. Right, so I mean, there could be you could be filmed wherever you are right now if you stayed in the same room that Aaron Andrews was in. In theory. So is he? Was he staying in an adjacent room? No. I wonder where the where the the, 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 the footage that he took went to. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Now, I don't know. I don't know whether it was remotely sent. I don't think they've figured that out yet, exactly how he was getting away with that. Interesting. But, yeah, and obviously the, some of these hotels had to be in on it because if they're giving out the information of the celebrity that's staying there, I mean, you're not supposed to do that yeah. as a general rule anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, room 72, going up. We won't look at you for a while while you put a camera in the people. You know, something's going on there. So uh, as we get put some more information. Put a camera in the people just sounds so wrong. <laughs> oh, no. That sounds like a thing where you hear the guy snapping on a rubber glove and then telling you you're going to smell some ammonia. <laughs> So as we get some more information about that, we will uh, let you know. In college football, I must admit I was a little bit uh, incorrect on some of my predictions this last weekend. Uh, LSU did, in fact, barely win, but I was pleasantly surprised by Oklahoma losing to Miami. I said that I didn't really care who lost, but secretly I did want Oklahoma to lose more. And it was it was absolutely wonderful. There's a bunch of sobbing Sooners on the TV, and it reminded me of one of the greatest videos I've ever seen of crying football fans. And it was from last year when Oklahoma lost in the national championship, and it's just this three-second video of this uh, rather portly girl in the Oklahoma band bawling her eyes out on national TV. It is awesome. So I'll see if we can get that posted up uh, for everybody to enjoy. It's it's the epitome of everything that I love about college football. That's fantastic. And she's in the band? She's in the band. Do we know what instrument she plays? Uh, I'm not sure. I couldn't see her instrument, but she had like the fake tattoo, the OU tattoo on her face, the stick-on thing, and she's just <laughs> bawling her eyes. Oh, it's so she's awesome. she's a fat girl? Yes. Bassoon. Oh, yes. It is It is amazing. Uh, so, uh, so I'll have that posted up somewhere. And the uh, Beavers beat Arizona State, ending a 40-year drought, which was awesome. Uh, they're going to play Stanford this coming week, and Oregon is now ranked number 13 after destroying Washington State, which we all knew was going to happen. In the NFL, uh, I watched a lot of the games yesterday while hanging out at McAdams Bar and Grill. Eli Manning of my New York Giants, well, uh, he got uh, he got a little hurt yesterday. He threw three touchdowns. They did win, but he hurt his heel, so if I want to make, a, make an amendment here, if um, he is disqualified, or if he is uh, not able to play for the rest of this season, I am going to have to change my prediction. You have to switch allegiance? Yes, and I reserve to... the right to do that. All right. And uh, big game tonight, Packers versus the Vikings. Brett Favre versus his replacement, Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be a great game. Cannot wait to watch that one. Uh, it's basically uh, Brett Favre going against his old team and his, his replacement. Are oh, you it's, hoping it's, for a crippling? I am hoping somebody gets crippled. I'm hoping for a fight. I don't know anything to go on here. It's going to be fantastic, and that's going on tonight for NFL Monday Night Football. And that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. All right. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101 at 629 a.m. This time check delivered to you by Cooney BMW's 29-minute fast and free service. Performance has an address, Cooney BMW. Straight ahead, Tim Riley with the news. And coming up at 7 o'clock, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Stay right there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Share your thoughts with billions. Hey, could you ruin my life, too? Maybe just destroy my livelihood or something? How about give me cancer? Maybe steal my wife? You know, whatever. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. Guys are like that. Seriously, I thought it would let up after no, you, a bit. No, you can't do that. No, you no. do that, you you got a fan for life. <laughs> it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. By the way, in case you were curious, it does, in fact, look like somebody vomited in the kitchen. 
I'm not saying it's not vomit. I mean, I'm not going to get any closer. I see now what you mean when you say that you you were surmising that it was some some sort of uh, intestinal illness that had shown up on the countertop, but that you weren't really going to inspect like at a close enough distance no, to be how sure. How gross is that? Yeah, no. Well, we can count on that with new weekenders. I also expect to see you know toilet tissue on the hallway floor because we somebody was unable our... <laughs> to dispose of it and text in the me- toilet like normal people. Text messages that say "Oh f me harder." Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, what so wrong. in what context would a listener, I say, as though I don't know the answer, in what context would a listener have ever texted the message, OF me harder, last night? Well, it doesn't look like, because I was checking to see if anyone responded, and it looks like nobody did from the station. Well, no. I mean, you would respond on your own the, phone. That's true. And then the, the listener would accidentally respond back to this one. I mean, theoretically. Not that I'm saying that that's the case. Radio Weekender. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. Time to start locking the office. I'm just saying. Uh, not that, seriously, like that didn't do any good. I, I have worked at radio stations where I swear to God, it's it's like you had a jewel thief working, uh, you know, at the, at the uh, you know, the classic rock station down the hall because you'd come in and there would just be big swaths of things gone. So I, I worked at a radio station one time where I came in to do, I guess it wasn't to do an air shift because he would have expected me. I came in to do some production or something late at night. And I swear to God, I caught some, this is years and years and years ago, but I came and I caught some dirtbag weekender on a chair outside the manager, the PD's office, on a chair, like on his tiptoes, trying to push one of those like weird cardboardy ceiling tiles out of the way so that he could climb over a wall into the PD's office. And I came in wow. and I said, hey, uh, Ken, what, it, what are you doing up there? And he goes, uh, I lost something. <laughs> Which is like the least plausible thing you could possibly say. Some change fell out of my pocket and ended up on the ceiling. Yeah, so I, you know, it's, I'm just saying, weekenders do what weekenders do. Coming up later on uh, in the program, we'll have Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. That's at 7 o'clock. We'll talk about the weekend box office. Coming up at uh, 8 o'clock, Jessica and Katie, uh, the winner and runner-up, respectively, from Surviving and Drive. It. We'll be in the studio for a final wrap-up on that. A pair of tickets for you to see Star Wars in concert and more. The news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 642 and it's chilly. 44 degrees outside our studios downtown. I understand on the east side and some parts of the west side, it is in the 30s. A frost advisory is in effect for this morning and tomorrow as well. So it's uh, temperature is going to drop into the 30s. I don't mean to make us sound like big pussies, but why is there a frost advisory? I mean, what is the point? I mean, I can understand a snow advisory or yeah. flash flooding. Why do you need to be advised that frost might happen? What is that if really going to do? If you? you're a farmer growing crops, you don't want them destroyed. Well, that's it's true. It's time for the fall harvest. It, so it, if you're, uh, you're growing your squash or something, you don't want anything to happen. Tomatoes. Or whatever. you want to put those like those weird newspaper cone things over your tomato plants. No, yes. That's a, that's a oh, fair yeah. point. Okay. No, I understand. All right. A Eugene man was set on fire as he walked down the street at 3 in the morning. All the more reason not to be walking around that time. After hearing footsteps, mysterious, uh-huh. and bumped from behind, and then he combusted. He quickly dropped and rolled and went to a nearby motel for help. Two motorcyclists dead after an SUV trying to pass a big rig cut them off on Highway 97 north of Chiliquin. The number of deer hunters this season in Oregon will hit a brand new record. 12,000 more licenses than last year have been sold thus far. Thanks to the high unemployment rate, people now have more time to kill God's creatures. Well, it's fun, Tim. It is. If God's creatures didn't want to be killed, they shouldn't, uh, you know, they shouldn't exist and be walking around. Be so tasty. Hey, are you going to go shooting today? Did you tell me that? I am. Yes. Deer? I'm gonna go... 
No, no. People. Not Jared. No, I would never shoot anything with a face. <laughs> no, it's just going to go. I'm going even to with an ugly face. Even with an ugly even face. The th- even the people that really, really beg for it. No, I'm, gonna, I'm going done shooting with my man. Awesome. Where do you go <laughs> shooting at? I mean, generally speaking. I've never. Well, I usually go uh, into the woods of Estacada. Where they're like. <laughs> into the woods of Estacada. Usually I like, go into the streets of St. John's. <laughs> yes, That's the, the less interesting Chris McCandless follow-up <laughs> book. No, it, shooting in Estacada is scary because, you know, you're in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere, where people bring their illegal firearms. Oh, yeah. Um, where this last time I went there, this guy was wearing a full body outfit, like full body armor, head to toe. Couldn't even see any details about him. And he had a semi-automatic weapon. And he's just like firing this. Did you shoot him? So, no, I was afraid he was going to shoot me, though. That's the thing, man. You go shooting in places like that and you realize... You're with a bunch of a bunch of hicks. Oh yeah, no, yeah, hillbillies on speed, and that's when you realize that that you are just that you are relying upon the innate goodness of your fellow man, which is non-existent, by the way. That he will not just turn and kill you. I was uh, on edge the entire time, but this time we're going to a shooting range uh, somewhere in Washington. The last time, I mean, I'm not trying to freak you. I'm just saying the last time I was at a shooting range, I had that. Maybe it's just me. That's the way my brain works. I was in um, the last shooting range I went to. I guess it was years ago. It was in Vegas. It's that place where you can shoot a full-on machine gun. Mm -hmm. uh, Like a... Fully automatic uh, a machine gun, and I think it was a Tommy gun, like the kind of the, the that Elliot Ness used with the round magazine in the front, so you can full on get your uh, Al Capone gangster fantasies. And you pay like twenty five bucks or something, and then there's like a ten dollar fee for whatever. But then, but then you get to go down to the basement, you get to fire these vintage machine guns, mm-hmm. and you're just standing there in a row. I mean, and it's basically like you're at the doctor's office with a little like like little sort of stand up phone booth thing. So you're just at a counter with these sort of half walls between you. And you realize, I, I've never been to an actual shooting range. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I mean, you didn't come to our gun fest? Oh, you weren't here back then. No, oh, I, was, you I missed it by the, like three months. You were not at the Tim Riley Gun Fest many mm-hmm. years ago. Where I we did had, very well. Tim and a bunch of strippers went off and fired the fired what I'm almost certain now were illegal weapons uh, with then-producer Matt Peterson. But when you're there at the gun range, you just sort of think like, I wonder how many people on either side of me have had a really bad day. One of them. Oh, that's like you think too many dark thoughts. Just oh, like when you're I like, do. I'm driving down the road, and what if that person just all of a sudden decides to end it? I, well, because I know I'm not the only one who has that thought. I know, and I have them too, and it scares me when you bring it up because it, then I realize that many, many people probably have that thought. I'm just trying to diminish my own fears by externalizing them and getting them all over you. Yes. So. Well, I'm going to a shooting range today, so uh, wish you awesome. luck. Here's Tim Riley. Well, police say a woman has been arrested for urinating on a police station after her companion wasn't allowed to use its restroom. The 28-year-old woman was charged with indecent exposure after the incident, which started when her companion went to the police station to resolve a 12-year-old traffic citation. When you say companion, do you mean unbelievably butch lesbian partner? It doesn't say here. That's just the feeling I'm getting from the article, but I could be wrong. Let's see. Does it say man or woman? It, It does specify a woman. It does not specify a man. So it doesn't say what the partner is. Uh, the companion asked to use the restroom and was refused. After the two left, the woman was spotted urinating on the sidewalk in the station <laughs> building in Good plain view of children. <laughs> Not children, Tim. Not children! The woman was released after being cited in uh, Merrimack District Court. This is in New Hampshire. She could be fined $1,000 if convicted. Well, I mean, we pay taxes. You ought to be able to use the police station bathroom. That's just, I mean, really, it seems like you know, any place that we are funding the bathroom, you ought to be allowed to use it. You need to go on and... I was going to say Sam Adams. Bad example. But, I mean, if you know, if there's a city bathroom somewhere, you ought to be allowed to use that at all. Do you do this when you're wandering around uh, a town that you don't know all that well? If you pass a place that has a bathroom accessible to the public, do you make a mental note of it? In case, and, and then for the like subsequent days on your trip, 
you always know where you are in relation to that bathroom in case you need to go back mm-hmm. and uh, relieve yourself. You know, we never I, did. Not, I know, like Starbucks or like anything that I know. Starbucks is totally the place. It's the best. It's the only place to go to the bathroom in New York. That is, uh, the, that is, and they're everywhere, and they can't stop you from using it. And, it's and awesome. God bless them. Well, and I guess they could, but they don't. Yeah, like because I, I think it's a matter of corporate policy that they allow you to use the bathroom, like all the, and it's always relatively clean. Is the other thing. Yep. Um, but oh no! I used to work for Starbucks. We had to clean that bathroom all the time. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in New York, I can't. It just I mean, it just must be. It must get filthy every fifteen seconds or so. I mean, I'm not a big fan of uh, you know, of like some of their coffee. I think it's a little overheated and whatever. But um, but a they've got fantastic coffee cake, and b there is you cannot overstate the greatness of knowing you can use a bathroom at a Starbucks like any time that they're open. That really is because it seems like a minor issue until you're walking around going, I just have to take it. Oh, come on. If, uh. Uh, in fact, so much so that when we went to New York, that was actually one of the longest lines we had was to use the bathroom at a Starbucks because the word sort of filters out and, you know, everybody kind of knows that's the deal. You know, we never did go uh, to that the homeless toilet or whatever it is that they've got in Northwest. We didn't. We were going to do it. Well, the survive it and drive it it thing kind of got in the way. Because somebody sent me a photograph of that automated toilet they have over by by Old Town or whatever. So I know someday this week we got to go look at that. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So uh, David Amser, a former college football player who lives in the gated community in Florida, said he armed himself with a golf club when he went to inspect noises in the middle of the night. Then an estimated 400-pound bear suddenly ran after him. I came around the corner thinking, I'm going to get that raccoon. A few seconds later, a bear was battling toward me. God, I couldn't believe it. I was being hit by a bear. The bear was likely uh, protecting her cubs. He's on his back with the bear snaring in his face. He's uh, trying to get up. In, middle, in the meantime, he has the snout right in his eyeballs. Apparently, he, he managed to uh, beat the lady bear up and somehow was able to fight it off. He ran inside after scrambling to his feet. He has some scratches and bruises, but otherwise, he's okay. He'll no longer keep his trash outside. No. Keep I it inside. Wouldn't do that. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Who, uh, who might this be? This is Daniel. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm not doing bad. How are you doing this morning? I am fantastic. How can I help you, my friend? Um, well, I was telling the other gentleman I spoke to a second ago, I have a buddy that used to work at one of the gun stores in Las Vegas, and they actually had an issue about it. every other month where somebody would go in there and actually off themselves in the range. Ah. And oh. then they had to shut down the range for the day. <laughs> give a, a, give it a good hosing. Out. It was, I mean, for somebody to kill themselves, it's probably the safest place. But. Is this just a, so is this somebody who, uh, they wanted to end it all, but they didn't have access to a gun themselves? And they figure, well, where can I get a gun for $13? I know I'll go to a gun range. Exactly. Or some people actually brought in their own. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's all about the right tool for the job, I suppose. This, the, the thing about bringing in your own gun doesn't make any sense, though. I mean, what is the, what is the point of doing that? You could say that people want to get an audience, but you're not really going to get much of it. I mean, what, two, three people tops and a security camera is going to see you at a, at a gun range. If you wanted to kill yourself with an audience, it seems like there's, especially in Vegas, you could find a lot of other play. You go to that stratosphere. That's true, or you could go out to the desert. But well, see, you know, but in the I, desert, see again, you get back the problem of nobody's going to see you. The gun range is a weird middle ground. I mean, you could kill yourself at home or in the desert where you will be seen by no one. You could kill yourself right in front of that the the Treasure Island exhibit uh, at twenty after the hour when the big pirate battle starts, where everybody will see you. But killing yourself at a gun range, you're only going to be seen by like five or six people. So that seems like a. Uh, I know that seems. That seems like gun access. So. Probably more so then. Maybe that's like maybe if you want to do it with style, like if you want to kill yourself with an AK forty seven or something, which would take some doing. But I mean, it would do it if you're a contestant on like Dancing with the Stars. A lot of people see that. 
Yes. I don't know. They just they always point the gun down range, so maybe they're just worried about penetration. Okay, you know, excellent. I'll kill myself, but I won't kill anybody else in the process. Well, maybe there's that too. Maybe they uh, maybe they don't want the bullet to ricochet through you know, the apartment wall and the uh, you know go into the uh, you know the guy next door. That's a fair point. I mean, if you start wondering about the reasoning behind somebody who's going to uh, end their own life, I think we're already uh, past a certain point of where That's is true. It? No, we're we're past an event horizon there. No, you're right. Exactly. All right. So, Thank you, sir. I just thought it was interesting, and have a good day, guys. You as well. All this talking about shooting yourself reminds me. I, I saw Creep Show last night. It's the best movie ever. I could talk about Creep Show for hours. It was well, and yeah. There's that one where Stephen King, you know, kills himself at the end after. Jordy Vero, you idiot! I man, that is the best. I I, did, I never knew what it was, but that Leslie Nielsen one, uh, that sketch uh, when he buries something Ted, to tide you over. Oh, when he buries Ted, Ted dancing in the sand all the way up to his yeah. neck. Oh, that's I so could make up. Harry all gone. Yeah. No, I, I never knew what that was, so I've never fully seen Creep Show. Um, so I watched it yesterday. What do you mean just, you've never fully seen Creep Show? What well, kind I mean, of American have, are you? But I just I remember I would catch that specific skit uh, like on USA. Oh, you would just see that one segment and it would kind of freak you out. Yeah, for some reason I always thought Dennis Miller was in it. Like I kind of linked that's that Bordello of Blood. Yeah, you're thinking. Of. I think I kind of linked those two together. Uh, you're thinking, yeah, Tales from the Crypt had a movie called Bordello of Blood which with is Dennis awesome. Miller, which is fantastic. Which has uh, also Playmate of the Year Erica Alaniac. And, and didn't have like Angie. Everhart? Everhart, maybe? Wait, Angie, uh, somebody rather. Greg? Yeah, she was the head of the Bordello, I think. Right, there you go. Uh, And it had an awesome soundtrack. And so there's Bordello of Blood, which is from Tales from the Crypt, which is an anthology type thing. Tales from, uh, uh, but Creep Show is, I don't want to say the original anthology, because it's based on all those Tales from the Crypt EC comic books from the 50s. But Creep Show came out in 83, and just, it's a great movie. I mean, it's, you know, uh, they showed that on the big screen at the Baghdad it's about so four cool. months ago. Paddock and I made sure to go see it was a midnight showing, because I'd never seen it on the big screen. It's fantastic. I mean, it was directed by George Romero, who did it's- Not at the Living Dead, and then written by Stephen King, which is why it's so freaking warped. It was like the neatest thing ever. It's so, like, that, that confluence of, like, having the cartoon and. Mr. Like- Pratt! Mr. Prancer, what's the matter? Bugs got your tongue? I could just I could sit and do lines from Creep Show all day. It was pretty cool. I didn't want it to end. I, I almost wanted to rewatch it after it was done. You know, that's I have seen Creep Show probably um, 75, 80 times. Uh, a friend of mine in high school, and we went through it, I don't know if girls do this, but guys go through phases where they'll just watch one movie over and over and over again every single day for months on end. Oh, no, every week, um, like at least two or three times a week, we'd watch Cruel Intentions. Totally, and see, and so that I did that with Trading Places for some reason when I was in high school, and then also Creep Show, and it's just a fantastic film. They advertise Creep Show as um, the most fun you'll ever have being scared, which is really an accurate depiction of it because it's again it, it, because it's fun, but it's sort of disgusting, but it's scary, but it's kind of uh, just a, sort of silly and a roller coaster. And there's that creepy thing about the kid at the end who's stabbing his dad with the uh, voodoo doll. Uh-huh. Um, fun fact: that's Stephen King's kid. The remember the remember the warped book you read that was so freaky you had to put it away, you had to throw it away. Mm-hmm. The kid uh, who brackets creep show uh, mm-hmm. that stabs his father with the voodoo doll in the pin. Yeah. That's the kid who wrote that book. Oh, well, it all makes sense. Joe Hill. That is Stephen King's kid. <laughs> Final fun fact about creep show. There is the sequence in creep show where the uh, the dad, what's his name, slaps the kid for reading the horror comic book. And the kid ends up with a huge streaks, red handprint. Yeah. So when they were filming that scene, Stephen King was on set because, it's you know, he wrote the movie. So they filmed that scene. And then that is his kid. So afterwards, Stephen King tells the story of like going to the McDonald's drive-thru later, and the woman at the drive-thru kept looking at them strangely, and he couldn't figure out why, and it's because his kid is next to him with the makeup still on, so the kid just has this huge purple and red handprint on the side of his face. And uh, Stephen King looks at the woman at the drive-in and goes, well, sometimes kids act up, don't they? And then he just drove off, which is why he's awesome. It's uh, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Well done, look at you. 
Tim Riley has more news on the way. Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian coming up later on. Uh, we will also talk to Katie and Jessica from Survive It and Drive It and a pair of tickets for you to see Star Wars in concert. Be listening, won't you please? Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO! Portland! Not that I'm saying they would deceive me in any way. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503 228 4101. 503 228-4101. Don't forget, this coming Saturday, Juliet Lewis and the Licks are going to be performing at Saturday, uh, uh, Dante's, rather, that is this Saturday. And uh, if you call right now, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. If you are caller 10, you get to see Juliet Lewis perform on Saturday at Dante's, plus a uh, special invitation for a winner and a guest to attend a private acoustic set at the KUFO Rock Lounge uh, earlier in the day. So you can get tickets at Tickets West. Dot com. It is a 21 and over show. But if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you're going to get to see her at Dante's with a special invitation for you and a guest to see a private acoustic set at the KUFO Rock Lounge. And we will be interviewing her as well. We'll be playing that back uh, next Monday. I hope she's kind of crazy, just a little bit. I mean, not uh, not too terribly scary crazy, but just the slightest hint of menace underscoring her personality. I think that we'll be excited about it. I think... I think she will live up to what we think she's going to be. You know what I'm excited about? Uh, a, we have Rick Springfield this week. B, we have Max Brooks, author, author of the uh, Zombie Survival Guide this week. And C? Richard Belzer, baby. Yeah! yeah! Wow. Who, who the man? The answer, not me, uh, so much as it is Greg who made that happen. So Greg Nibbler just uh, confirmed Richard the Bells, Belzer for uh, the Bells next man. Thursday. Is that the fellow who looks just like you? He looks, well, here's the thing. There's the three different stages of Rick. There is, what's her name from Blossom? Me and Bialik, who unfortunately, and this is way worse you for her than it is hats? for me. Yes, with a flower. <laughs> and then I flounce around to my own sort of cloying theme song. I mean, it doesn't really matter that I look like her so much as it matters to her that she looks like me. I mean, that's like I said, that's, she's really, she drew the short end of that stick. Um, so she's like uh, the, like the pudgy younger me. And then there's me now. And then there's Ed Norton, who's a better looking version of me in an alternate universe. Like if you were to take all of my many, many, many flaws and remove them, mm-hmm. I like to think that he's a much, much better looking version of me. Then there is the actual me from this universe in 150 years, which is Richard Belzer. Uh, but he makes it work some. Oh, you've seen him in person, haven't you? I saw him in person when I was in New York. My sister and I were taking a cab downtown, and um, I couldn't remember his name. But my sister and I were both like, we're stopped at a stoplight, and he's just walking by. Skinniest person I've ever Did he look like seen. a corpse? He looked like The Walking Dead. He was so tiny and like kind of ashen and just looked at my sister and I couldn't remember who he was and was like hey that's that guy from the thing do you think that Richard Belzer is so weird looking that he, like do you find him kind of um kind of ugly hot no see I know girls who do I know women who are really really into Richard Belzer no he just looks kind of sickly and <laughs> I maybe because I haven't seen him on his show so I don't appreciate his acting skills uh, his so-called talent he just looks gangrenous he and, just uh, looks, decayed yeah he just looks like his face would smell like nicotine <laughs> no that's probably true I yeah. I don't doubt that at all Tim Riley is tracking the following stories for you on this Monday. So there are good jobs to be had. Apparently, they're finding people or having trouble finding people to fill $140,000 a year jobs in Richland, Washington. That's we'll take a, a look at what those are. No, it's from the government. They got government money. 44 tons of rotting meat are stinking up a uh, South Dakota town. Excellent. And it could be frosty where you are and more frost on the way. 
tonight. And rock blasting begins tonight on Highway 217. Rock blasting. Rock blasting. Ba-boom. Is it... <laughs> Thank you for clarifying what. Thank you very. Uh, thank you for giving me uh, additional definition of the phrase rock I blasting. I thought I kept to the chase. Not that I was trying to dumb it down. Is this going to be some sort of a? Um, is this going to be some sort of a thing where I have to uh, like start scraping my windows in the morning from rocks? Because the de- well, because the deal is like every year I claim that I'm going to go to the store and get an ice scraper, and every year I never do. And so I am that guy who's out there with like a credit card going. And my hand is freezing. That. And don't buy that that uh, Prestone ice. Melter and melted away my front steps last year. <laughs> I mean, it does. It melts the ice, my but it also, be gone. it also melts cement. That's fantastic. It's 503-228-4101. In uh, just a few moments, we'll be joined by Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Hello, Christy. How are you today? Hey, I'm fine. How are Can you? Can I ask you a question? Do you, uh, do you color coordinate every single thing you own? It depends on the day. Because I'm noticing right color. now that y- you're... Uh, in fact, your hair, your glasses, your shirt, her bracelet, your necklace, shirt. your bracelet, and your shoes. You do every day, don't you? All have the same color scheme. Mm-hmm. Sarah, you... Sarah Dillon does that, too. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just, you know, I think <laughs> at this point, I mean, I've grown used to Sarah's flawless fashion sense, but I think I just noticed with Christy, you never have an accessory crisis ever. You've got a, uh, you've got a set of, uh, you know, of, uh, of tchotchkes for every, every part of you and every time. You know, the embarrassing thing is is that I really do. Excellent. Well done. I really do. Uh, We'll talk zombies, because Zombieland, number one movie at the box office. And you should know, for the record, we're all very ill-informed in a pop culture sense today. None of us saw anything last night. Mm -hmm. Tim did not see Mad Men. Uh, I did not see Mad Men or Dexter. I only saw Californication, which I know you don't watch. Uh, I watched a movie from 28 years ago. Sarah watched Creep Show. <laughs> oh, and I went to see the Michael Moore movie. You are the only person in America who did that, by the way. So, uh, Michael Moore thanks you for your $7 or whatever. <laughs> I don't think anybody else... It, Seven fifty. It, it had a bad opening. It, it opened soft, Six. as they say. Nobody was at the movies yesterday. I got like a front row parking space in the suburbs. Now, even Zombieland, which was the number one movie, I went there and it was a relatively sparse yeah. crowd. There was almost no one there. I saw it at Cinemagic and it was full of hipsters. Is Cinemagic that place on the Hawthorne? Yep. Yeah, it's on 20th and Hawthorne. See, I meant to see it there and then it's like I missed the showing, so I ended up going to 82nd. I have never been there for a movie of all Cinemagic? Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's, uh, it it's got kind of a, and I mean this in the best way possible, it's got kind of a retro grubby kind of feel totally. to it, which I, which I like. I actually think it has loge seats in the back. It has loge, loge seats. Is that some kind of fancy uh, book learning talk you're using there? <laughs> Movie theaters built in that era, you know, they had these seats that were bigger and had more leg room, and they were like the fancy seats. You think that they would use those now? What with the expanding girth sure. of the average American? What with the wallification of uh, of this country? Straight ahead, we will talk Zombie Land. We'll talk about the TV last night as well with Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. We've also got a pair of tickets for you to see Star Wars in concert coming up, so be listening for that. In the 8 o'clock hour, final recap with Jessica and Katie, the winner and runner-up, respectively, at KFO's Survive It and Drive a Contest. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Go nowhere. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Monday. Coming up at 7.40, breaking news. We have some breaking sports news you're going to be hearing at 7.40 with a supplemental edition of uh, Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we have uh, Katie and Jessica, who are the runner-up and winner, respectively, from KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest as we put the final period on that uh, contesting sentence. 
and a pair of tickets for you to see Star Wars in concert. And it's happening next Wednesday at the Rose Garden. A pair of tickets for you at some point between now and 9 a.m. Tim Riley's tracking these stories on your Monday morning. Oh, what a community it is today. First of all, we have that uh, frost warning in effect. It is uh, cold in some areas, especially on the west side, east side. Temperatures in the 30s, 44 here. But what makes the drive a little bit worse than usual is the fog season is back. And that usually hits us this time of the year. So it is uh, difficult to drive out there. So the fog is back. We're going to be talking about more uh, about David Letterman's secret bedroom. Man, th- I could not believe that when I saw it last night. And yet at the same time, it didn't surprise me at all. The only thing that surprised me about David Letterman's secret bedroom, which sounds like the name of some horrible like fanfic, right? <laughs> like I'm just writing some bad slash lit really online. <laughs> sounds call- like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> David Letterman's. David Letterman's Secret Bedroom, an odyssey in five parts by Lucinda Van Housen. And it would be like something you'd read at like alt nutcase, like creepy Letterman stalker fan fiction or something. So, uh, but the, know, do you think this is the beginning of the end for him? No, no, no I don't. No. Uh, because, uh, because everybody it seems like things are kind of spiraling. I don't know. See, I see. I, I agree that there's more coming out every day, but I don't think anyone cares. I don't think you could find anybody who is really horrified or I mean, it's like it's pretty cool that a fellow of his age is still able to carry on in such a manner. Able to function as a man, Tim. Uh, I mean, look, not to draw unpleasant comparisons here, but this was like back when we were going through the whole Sam Adams thing. And I was just, you know, I was making the point that however tacky or um, unseemly his behavior might have been, if in 2000, I guess then eight, you know, you were asking me to still be shocked and horrified, uh, you know, that a politician was deceiving us or getting it on with somebody using, uh, you know, it was, you know, taking the opportunity to bonk some hot guy. I just, you know, that ship is, you're sparking up the wrong tree. I, the days when I was going to be sort of, uh, you know, the, the put off by that kind of behavior, you know, or surprised by it in any way, those, those vanished long ago. And I think it's even, you know, even more true with a guy like David Letterman. I think the only thing that's surprising about this in terms of Letterman is that he's usually, he's just so circumspect. He is so reserved and private in terms of, you know, whatever happens when he's not on the, uh, on the show. It's just kind of amazing that the, that the, you know, the, the sort of dam held for that long, especially given the existence of, a secret bedroom. Uh, on that note, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show with a television box office and pop culture recap. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Hello, and how are you today? Hey, I'm just fine. I'm feeling not quite as energetic as David Letterman, but I'm here. Well, you because know, you don't have a secret bedroom. Just surround you with a series of hot interns. Here's the weird thing, though. Have you noticed that those interns, at least the ones that they found photos of, they all kind of look like his wife, which is sort of weird. I, yeah, they're not exactly, you know, sort of playboy centerfolds. I mean, which I guess on the one hand, that's probably in his favor, yeah. that he's not getting it on with some, like, 18-year-old, like a perfect 10 or whatever. Yeah. Ice-T always had this thing. He said, Ice-T said that if you were, were going to get caught cheating, you had to make sure you were cheating with somebody way hotter than whoever you were with. Because then at the very least... You know, like, then, then you know, at the very least, and it was like, well, okay, but she's gorgeous, and I'm only a man. What was I going to do? I couldn't resist. Just look at her. Whereas, like, if you cheat, and you're cheating with just some just some horrible hog of a woman, then, you know, then it's like you're going to go, and you cheat on me with her? With that? What but, am I? But, but, you know, being from Indiana, perhaps he prefers a Midwest-looking gal. There you go. She's an Indiana 10. Yeah. Uh, she's got that a same... corn husker 11. They, uh... Uh, they, um, I'm sorry, Cornhusker. I barely knew her. They, they found this photograph of the intern who now says that she was madly in love with him and head over heels for like three years. And she's the one who looks a lot like Regina Lasko, who is Letterman's wife of like 25 years. And the other thing that nobody has really asked is, I mean, 
So they've been together for like 25 years, and Letterman is notoriously commitment-phobic. I mean, it took him forever to get married and, yeah. and just all that stuff. And you know, apparently this was like an ongoing deal with him and any number of the, uh, I was going to say sumptuous, but any of the women uh, <laughs> who work with him. And so nobody has really asked like what sort of, um, I don't know, perhaps what sort of marriage he and his wife have. Which, I mean, I'm just, yeah. I, I don't know any, I'm not saying that it's the case. But, uh, it's their business. Perhaps they have an understanding perhaps of some they kind. they do. I mean, this actually sounds to me like more of a workplace issue. Because, you know, these ladies were of legal age. So it seems like the only thing that's that's anybody's business is whether he was, you know, misbehaving as a boss, which yeah. is not the most exciting sexual scandal. In the world. I am Maybe all for the people uh, weren't posted in this secret bedroom. Well, and what is the point of having power if you can't wield it uh, in an inappropriate fashion? I mean, really, if you can't use power inappropriately, are you telling me that you don't have a secret bedroom here in the KUFO studios? There's been talk. Came in this morning and it was covered in vomit, though. So. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry, that's a call back to something earlier. So last night's television, which uh, I did not get a chance to watch Mad Men or Dexter, uh, the only thing I saw was Californication, and you uh, saw the season premiere of Californication. You were making an observation about Kathleen Turner. Yeah, well, you know, because I'm too cheap to pay for Showtime, so I was, you know, looking around to There's see where I could... There's nothing on it. I was trying to find, you know, a place to watch Californication, that sounds funny, for free, and I found it on TV.com, so I watched the season opener, and it's edited for for computer, so you don't see sort of the lady parts, and you, know, lady parts. you don't hear the bombs of various language. Well, so it's, it's like when they clean up the Sopranos for A&E or whatever. Yeah, right. there's, yeah, yeah, there's something missing, but you can still get the drift. Anyway, so I'm watching along on my laptop when this apparition that I guess is <laughs> Kathleen Turner shows up. She was like Jabba the Hutt. Dude, it is so... I, it is... I don't even know how to describe it was really disturbing what Kathleen Turner looks like. I mean, I guess I'm a little bit late to the party in this because we talked about this a few days ago that she was on Friends and she played a guy, right? Yeah, she played Chandler Bing's oh. father who was actually who got a sex yeah, change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, did they when yeah. she played Chandler Bing's father, did they dress her in in other words, did nope. she play dress as a man? Nope, she's nope. just glamorous and normal looking. But she was a high. Uh, my name is Bob. Voice. Yeah. It's, voice. I don't know what she looked like. I'll have to go uh, look her up from Friends and see what she looked like if she was at all feminine looking at that point because here's the thing about Kathleen Turner is like there was a time when she was really hot totally like was, body heat and, body heat and oof. like romancing the stone yeah. and I would see even War of the Roses I yeah. mean she was really gorgeous War of the Roses you see her now I mean it's to the point that I wonder if they are like modulating her voice down because she talked let's see I think I actually have a little bit of it here I think I've got this uh the cut that let's see Turner 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 okay this is um this is Kathleen Turner Speaking to Evan Handler, who we've had on this show, and I, he didn't spill the beans at all, by the way. I said, so what's coming up in the new season of Californication? And don't point that he say, like, Kathleen Turner has penis. <laughs> he just, so, and everything she says on Californication is so overtly sexual, like, unbelievably sexual, yes. even for that show. And the fact that it's coming out of a woman who talks like this. Does and it sound it's like, like a man trying to do a lady voice? Why don't you be the judge? Okay. Yeah, 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 get in line. I was kind of looking forward to the new Hank Moody book, too, you know? What do you mean he wants to reschedule? Tell him I'll know off his thimble and feed it to my cats. Ah, Rongo, quit beating your m- Never gets old, Sue. Hank Moody, my boss, Sue Collini. Oh, pleasure to have you at the Harry Greenberg Agency, Hank. The pleasure is all mine, obviously. Ah, your man, Rongo. Oh, my God. I mean, talk about a cock of the walk, huh? Really? <laughs> I mean, this guy's a stud and his head. Oh, oh. It just makes you want to give it a big... And see what comes out. Please don't. Oh, well, of course not. It'll be inappropriate. 
I mean, that's just the voice. That was the scene I saw. <laughs> the fresh hell of seeing her, though, when yeah. she delivers. Well, Greg, you, I mean, you're watching Californication. You can uh, back me up on this, that she looks, as you put it, like a linebacker. Yeah, she could probably start for a linebacker for the Bears right now. <laughs> I mean, her neck is as wide as her body. It's just huge. Yeah. I mean, she is monstrous. I mean, is she sick? Is she on, like, steroids or anything? I, I was just thinking, know. maybe she is. She's yeah. having, like, a testosterone steroid cocktail for lunch or something. It, it, it is like she is the carriage turning back into the pumpkin. Like right before our eyes, and don't get me wrong, I, everybody gets older. I understand that. I, you know, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not trying to be locust or ageist or whatever. But she's like transformed. That's the thing. She, like she's becoming a dude, or maybe always was a dude. I, there's maybe something he looks is, like a dude. I see. I'm gonna feel really bad if it turns out that she has like some sort of cancer of the cancer of the chromosome. She has cancer <laughs> of the lady or something. And I know she has some weird. What is that disease that turns little kids into old people? Maybe she has some disease that just turns chicks into dudes or whatever, in which case I'll, I'll really regret all these comments. But wow, I can't imagine somebody said that I don't that was think there's th- such a disease when you start turning into another gender. I wouldn't think so either until I saw Kathleen Turner. Somebody pointed out that that was the ultimate argument against marriage. Like, can you imagine marrying young, hot Kathleen Turner? You wake up one day and it's like waking up at the horse's head. Next time you get sick, I'm going to start uh, getting into your head and telling you it's trying to look like a woman. Thank you. Well, see, but that I think would be better. That's, she looks sort uh, of like Ed Asner in a wig. It's uh, it, it is unreal. Not, yeah, and it's the thing very is, strange. And her character is constantly hitting on Evan Handler's character. That's the dynamic they've established. Which, that she's yeah. straight, and so you know, you know that before the end of the season, they're going to be humping it out somewhere Ooh. and they're going to spring it on it. That see, that's what I'm saying. They're going to spring it on us, and I'm just going to recoil in shock and dismay. What's really weird though is like even in that sound clip, both the Covenies and Evan Handler's voices are. Much higher than Kathleen Turner. Yeah, because she talks like this. Uh, one final note on Californication, then on the other side we'll talk zombies. Because mm-hmm. uh, they were number one. We'll have news from Tim Riley uh, coming up at 8 o'clock. Jessica and Katie from Survive It and Drive It will uh, we'll speak with them uh, as well. My final note uh, is going to be this. We, on Friday, had an appearance by Mr. Skin, who was talking about celebrity nudity, blah, blah, blah. And he talked about that girl, and I've forgotten her life, Eva. Eva Amuri is her name. And she is the daughter of Susan Sarandon. Yep. And she plays, if you saw Californication last night, that unbelievably uh, hot yet kind of simultaneously goofy looking girl who's in the creative writing class who um, is really quite a, uh, she's an eyeful. Both eyes. Uh, so just, uh, you get a chance, you really ought to, um, you really ought to try to see her naked, really is the point, uh, if okay. you get a chance. I, there's no way around it. I'm trying to be, uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to find a more... Uh, I'm trying to be a little taciturn in the way that, but I can't. They're just uh, apparently she plays a stripper too, and I think next week uh, you get to see her stripping. So that is worth whatever it costs you to get Showtime right now. I'm <laughs> telling you, look, just uh, as as a guy, I have to tell you, I doesn't, I don't care what you have to pay to get it installed. You just get that done. That's what she said. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we come back. Christy Turnquist will talk zombies with us as Zombieland goes to number one, and Michael Moore goes nowhere. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning. How are you? It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Sometime before the top of the hour, we're going to give away a pair of tickets for you to see Star Wars in concert. 
Wednesday, the 14th of October, that is next Wednesday at the Rose Garden, a unique multimedia experience combining classic John Williams scores and unforgettable cinematic moments from Star Wars. Tickets available at ComcastTix.com and the Rose Quarter box office, but uh, sometime between now and 8, we'll give you a chance to win those. Uh, Christy Turnquist returns in just one moment. We'll talk about Zombies, Zombieland, number one at the box office, and um, also Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I uh, did not see last night, but which I know had a little bit of a uh, Seinfeld uh, reunion happening, so we'll pick up on that in just one second. But first, it's a supplemental or small ball talk with uh, Greg Nibbler. All right, yes, a ball talk update here. Um, so the, the stalker of Aaron Andrews, the ESPN reporter, the guy who videotaped her secretly undressing in her hotel room, he was arrested earlier yesterday, and now it has just come out. He is, in fact, originally from the Portland metropolitan area. Yeah! Yeah, we Woo! teach him well here. That's Represent. Right. That's right. Keeping it local, he is, is uh, from Milwaukee originally, and actually his parents were uh, given a phone call to see if they could respond to the allegations, and they merely said he is not the Mike they know. Okay. So, what is his name? Go, Mom his and Dad. Name, his name is Michael Barrett. He is dead to us. I have no son. Who turns their back on their son like that? All right. Uh, so, Michael, now we should note, by the way, he has not been convicted of anything. No, he has not convicted. He's just been uh, merely accused. Has of... he been charged? He's He is uh, getting charged, I believe, this morning, actually. So, they gonna... arrested him and they charged him with taking these Aaron Andrews photos. Yeah, he's going to be charged today and then he's going to be shipped to California to face the actual charges. All right. So, and you keep him back in Milwaukee's when he's seen Aaron Andrews. <laughs> right, Tim. Allegedly. She's Allegedly. the uh, she's his daisy. She's the MacGuffin bringing him west. All right. Well, uh, if you uh, if you happen to know uh, what is it, Mike Barrett? Yes, Michael Barrett. If you know uh, Michael Barrett, God forbid you should call us about that. It's five zero three. Don't we have a couple of Barretts who work with us? Yes, we do. Well spotted. I actually used to work And they are him. engineers. I used to work with a guy named Michael Barrett. Now I'm kind of wondering. He's around the same age as well. I wonder if this old. was the Mike you knew. I don't know. All right. Well, more on that. So, um, Yeah, so the guy was uh, allegedly uh, filming Aaron Andrews in the nude. He's from Portland. Well done, 503. It's 503-228-4101. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian is here. Box office this weekend. Okay. Well, it was it was zombie, zombie, zombie. Zombieland did really well. The movie only cost about $23 million to make, and it... Opened in the number one spot, making about twenty five million. So it's already a hit. So that's well, that's how you know that there will be Zombie Land two or Zombie Land Redux or oh yeah, Zombie World. Yeah, Zombie World will be the next one yeah. uh, because and it never I never really put it together actually until I just said Zombie World that Zombie Land was a play on Disneyland, Disneyland which yeah. is the the thing. So you know they'll do Zombie World oh, next. Yeah, perfect. And that'll be like where they go to Orlando instead of California <laughs> or something. Well, you know because they still never they they. They left the thing open where the kid, uh, you know, is is going back east, you know, to... Right. Uh, we should Columbus? give a spoiler alert just in case. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh. it's... Uh, yeah. There really are no spoilers as such, except for there's a there's a cameo that happens yeah. about halfway through. Um, Which is amazing. So really I'll tell you funny. what, we'll, we'll do this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil the cameo, but I'll give you a warning here. And once I do it, uh, you look at your watch, and in 10 seconds, you can turn the radio back up, and we won't give it away again. So <laughs> in 10 seconds, you can turn your radio back up, starting at 3, 2, last chance. All right, 10 seconds from now. So the cameo is Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I, I guess was okay, although I guess I was expecting something a little more uh, inside or a little more... I guess I was expecting something more unexpected because they showed the BM on the gate and yeah. I was like, Barry Manilow. And then I thought, <laughs> but then I was convinced it was Billy Mays. Oh, my God. And so then Bill Murray was kind of a letdown. So, uh, you know. Bill Murray's not a letdown from Billy Mays. Absolutely not. No, I, I was thinking. I guess now that Billy Mays is dead. I mean, I was thinking maybe it would be George Clooney. Yeah, see. I, thought, I guess Prince. 
Ooh. I don't know why. But I, before I saw the BM. Prince would be would be excellent. All right. Now, <laughs> Bill Murray you can all good. turn back on your radios now. Right, we, will, we will not uh, mention the name of the cameo person again. Right. I will say this, that he does a lot of small parts in weird movies like yeah. that. So that was, le- I guess that's, I mean, not that it was bad, nothing wrong with it, but it was less surprising. It was less surprising just because, yeah, he has done that before. I kind of wish that people hadn't built it up to me so much. This is an awesome cameo because I... I was one because I was racking my brain like who's the li- Barack I, Obama Bob Barker for some reason <laughs> the other one I was like Bob Barker and then it wasn't Bob Barker um, I told you about um, that story I read about that person in uh, New York how he will just run up to people in like Williamsburg and be like hey I'm so and so guess what nobody's ever gonna believe you and just like run off that is awesome <laughs> yeah. I uh, so I'll say I have some thoughts about Zombieland one um, I. It was it was good. I didn't love it. I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was all right. I didn't love it uh, kind of as much as everybody else uh, seems to. Nothing, I mean, uh, nothing really wrong with it in the grand scheme of things. But it was okay. I I had problems with it. But the biggest problem is that is that that movie has been. I mean, is that Shaun of the Dead is such the gold standard? You almost yeah. wonder why anybody would try at this point. Although I really liked the way this was made. I mean, I, I sort of liked that it had the road film aspect, and I, I mean, I did laugh about the rules. I know that's kind of a running gag that some people think ran into the ground a little bit, but I laughed every it was, time. It was good. I mean, I give it a thumbs up. I think it had it had issues. I mean, uh, you know, I which you know I say is the guy who you know has not made a movie that's made twenty five million dollars. My biggest thing was that kid, the lead character, who like I was it? just rooting for his death from like five seconds in. I like him. Really. I liked him. Uh, I liked see, him. I, he was just like a collection of quirks and ticks that came out of like a screenwriter shop on how to write a nerd. Well, you know, speaking of Woody Allen, which we were earlier, he was really reminding me of Woody Allen with his timing. And actually, I thought it worked. I mean, I kept thinking, OK, it could be him. It could be Michael Sarah. I'm that's, sort of glad it was him. That's the other thing. And I guess that's not his fault yeah. that he's so much like Michael Sarah. That's I mean, it's again, it's a good movie. I had I had issues with him only because. Uh, he was a little, he was kind of, I guess because I kept picturing myself like in the car with him forever. And I was like, oh God, I would just push him out to die immediately. (laughs) My other thing about Zombieland is that it didn't, it didn't kind of play by its own rules, which is the thing that sort of bugged me. I mean, I understand zombies aren't real, whatever. Zombies are fake. But it's like movies, if if a movie sets up a universe, if a movie, uh, in other words, supposes that zombies exist, like the movie has to at least play by the rules that it establishes. It has to have internal logic. And it it didn't have any of that, unfortunately, because like they they paint the kid as being a big nerd and a geek, and yet the kid seems to know nothing about zombies. So apparently, he lives in some world where there are no zombie films, because uh, like they the zombies don't act like zombies. They're kind of running around and they have full speed and they don't lurch and they don't stagger, which is fine. But like for such a big nerd character who they kind of depict early on as being all knowing about zombies, he never mentions that. Also, for a kid who's listing a bunch of rules about zombies. They completely, they never uh, make any, any uh, the mention of the whole how you got to shoot them in the head thing. And in well, fact, yes. you don't have to shoot them in the head, apparently, yeah. Yeah. as given, as, as we've, uh, you know, as we learned by with the, yes. uh, the thing of just hitting the, the, the girl with the toilet seat in the mm. beginning. Yeah. Well, I did. I, okay. I'm not the world's great expert on zombie lore. And I did sort of find myself asking as the movie went on, I thought you had to shoot zombies in the head. Yeah. It, I did sort of Which you would think that. that character would know. I did like the thing where they were listing off the zombie rules. And I kind of felt the opposite of you. I wish they had done more of that. I liked that at the beginning when like they'd be walking and kind of knock the words out of the way. Right. I like that. That was such a cool effect. They do that on Fringe, too, which I think is very cool. Awesome. Have the sort of stand-up words or however you describe that effect. I, I like that a lot. I wish there had been more of that. That seemed that like first- a rule was hilarious though with the cardio not, yeah. and when they're running through and i wish that they had spread that through the entire film instead of kind of recycling the oh. same 
the same four or five rules? Because yeah. they have like 32 rules or whatever. In fact, I think at one point he says rule 32. Yeah. So I wanted to see even more of those. Huh? I will say I made two notes to myself. One, slow motion of glass breaking is always awesome. There's that sequence where they destroy the gift shop, mm-hmm. yeah. which is just cool. glorious. And I also said, um, I will see whatever this director does next. Because, it again, not a perfect film. And it all, it, a lot of style. But it was really, it was, it was a great it was a great little film in, yeah. in, you know, for what it was. I'll give and, it that. Yeah, and a great first film. As far as I know, this guy hasn't directed anything before. Really? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Uh, three other small notes. This is, uh, these are more about trailers yesterday. Uh, note number one, this is from Zombieland. 2012 could be the greatest movie ever made. With yes. everything falling down. Falling I, down. Falling I, down. I, did you see the five-minute <laughs> excerpt on my blog? I did. And <laughs> let me just say this, you sons of bitches on, on Facebook. Uh, you all can, uh, you can just eat one because I posted something from my phone yesterday. It was like, 2012 will be awesome. I am there opening night. And then suddenly just a bunch of killjoys were like, it looks awful and corny. So, you know what? You can just, uh, you can just stuff that friend. Cause uh, you know, you, you will not dissuade me. You will not rob my joy. You will not steal the pleasure uh, from me of seeing 2012. And I think Sarah is on board with me on that. Oh, you- no, it looks amazing. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see it. That trailer is so ridiculous. The yeah. thing I said Everything is like the dumbest crumbles. slash most glorious movie ever. <laughs> my uh, my post, I think I said that uh, 2012 could possibly deliver on the promise that was made by Snakes on a Plane. Because remember the big hype for Snakes on a Plane, oh, yeah. and then we saw it, it was you know not even really an enjoyable bad film. Snakes on a Plane is kind of bad. You know, it's it's just kind of dull. I mean, the only thing that made Snakes on a Plane good was the hype and the opening night audience. 2012, I think, might be the actual Snakes on a Plane. Oh, it might deliver. I think it's going to. Uh, so everybody can just, you don't like that? You can you can dump it. Take it down the road and lump it. Uh, second note, New Moon actually looks pretty cool. Not saying it's going to be a good movie, but I mean, visually. I a trailer for New Moon. It looks pretty cool. The color, I'm a big fan of the limited palette thing where it's yeah. all gray and red. Yeah. Uh, and then finally... In the new Nightmare on Elm Street film, that was the other trailer I yeah, saw. I saw that. In the new Nightmare on Elm Street film, it appears that they are actually making Freddy Krueger innocent uh, when the parents kill him as opposed to a child killer. Um, which, you know, just in terms of villainy, seems like taking the pussy way out. I mean, and it's I guess, like, you know, Jackie Earl Haley is such an unattractive fellow. He could play Freddy Krueger without any facial makeup. Totally. It's, uh, uh, Sorry, Jackie. What is coming up in the Oregonian, Christy Turnquist? <laughs> well, this is Portland Fashion Week, and I know this is going to be an important um, event for you, Rick, because I know you live for fashion. I do. Yes. Um, it's starting on Wednesday. Um, opening night is Wednesday night, so I've got some profiles of Portland designers coming up, and then I'll be attending and blogging from fashion shows. You're just there to show off how well you accessorize, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just picturing you, uh, <laughs> like I saw a picture of, uh, what's his name, Chris Brown? They were showing him like he's under house arrest, and they're like, what house will he be under arrest in? We took a look. And he has this this walk-in closet that's nothing but shoes that goes back for like 40 feet, and it's like 10 feet wide. I picture you having a bracelet closet just like that, <laughs> and it's awesome. Yeah, you're perilously close to the truth. I'm so busted. Read her uh, in print in the Oregonian, <laughs> online at OregonLive.com. She is Christy Turnquist. Coming up at the top of the hour, we have uh, Jessica and Katie from Survive It and Drive It. Tim are Riley. Uh, are they here? Are they in the house? All right. Tim Riley has more news. We'll talk a bit about last night's uh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, more. You stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. We return next. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO! Portland!
No, you're not alone there. It's the Rick Emerson okay. Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Yeah, go ahead. And we're going to uh, bring Katie and Jessica in uh, to do our final wrap-up for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. As you know, that uh, finished on Friday, the uh, climactic finale of that where Jessica won the truck. Of course, Katie, the runner-up, gets the $500 gift certificate from Lazy Boy. Uh, it was I. It was quite an experience. I'll put it that way. But you just asked if I got phantom smells, and I, I thought you meant truck- like if you're if you're getting if you're having a stroke or something. No, I like sporadically throughout this entire weekend, I have smelled the truck. Like oh. I'll be like walking down a street or something, and I'll smell something that smells like the truck, or like or on my bike, just like go by something and I smell it. It's like that sickly sweet smell. I will tell you this: that um, uh, I on Friday when we announced the actual winner. Uh, for the survive and drive it thing. I had not planned to get back into that truck because on Thursday, I guess it was, I went in with the hazmat suit and I didn't realize how ridiculous slash awesome I looked in that thing until somebody sent me some screen captures of it. And it's like, you can only really see just my tiny little beady eyes and the rest of me is just in the big yellow, you know, it does look like I'm in the movie Outbreak. Uh, And so after that, I was like, screw that. I'm never getting in that truck again. Mm -hmm. And then on Friday, we realized that I didn't know who the winner was. I had no... Everybody sort of thought that it was known in advance, and I didn't know. It was sealed. I had no idea. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't peek. Like, other people knew. But Yeah, I deliberately didn't want to know because I didn't want to give it away. And I thought... And beforehand, Sarah and I were like, well, let's... You know, you stand on Jessica's side, and I'll stand on Katie's side, or whatever. And I thought, well, it's going to look then like we knew. And so to avoid even the appearance that we knew, I was like... Because we had to stand on the front, the the driver's side, because that's where the camera was. Right. So that's why I was out next to the camera. And I just realized, I'm like, you know, F it, I'm just going to have to get back into the truck. There's no way. If I want to sort of be equidistant between the two of them, I have to be in the back. And there was no time to get the hazmat suit back. So I just crawled in the back of that goddamn truck again. And I was only in there for like seven, eight, nine minutes or something. Uh, And then I got for the rest of the day, A, two things. One, I was smelling that truck everywhere I went. I couldn't eat for the rest of the day because I was just sort of, oh, maybe I'll have a big slice of death. And B, every time I would pass within like five feet of anybody, I was all self-conscious for fear that they would go, uh, like I was going to be, uh, what's his name? I was going to be got the Sex Panther guy in Anchorman where just, you know, everybody, it's a, you know, it's a diaper filled with Indian food or a truck. So I did have the phantom smells for the rest of the day. And I just smelled them it sporadically throughout the weekend. What's creepy, though, is when you just ask Greg about the phantom smells, his first response was, yeah, I just smelled gasoline just now. <laughs> so that's uh, that's between you and your uh, your cerebral cortex, Greg. I'd, uh, I'd go to the emergency room it's now. It's to do with my little dungeon I'm in here. I don't know what it is. Uh, okay. Uh, it's uh, 503-228-4101, so let's welcome another Rick Emerson show. Yeah. From Survive It and Drive It, the winner and uh, runner-up, respectively, Jessica and Katie. How are you all doing today? Good. Good. Great. I don't really recognize you not you covered in so scum. <laughs> I so I should say I was going to say you both look really nice. I mean, you do, but let's be honest, I'm you know, it, it, it just not being in the back of that truck anymore does wonders for everybody's yeah. appearance, I it's would just think. Just being clean, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Uh so I'll we'll go um we'll start with Jessica and go to Katie. What was the first thing you did? Like once you're out and done and finished and you you got in your uh, you know, your car or somebody took you home, what was the first thing you did? Showered. That, I guess I. How long of a shower? It's about forty-five minutes to an hour. <laughs> so I wonder if your skin falls off if, since you haven't taken a shower We're just in like all two pruny. weeks. The water runs <laughs> yeah. black. Uh, did you? I mean, did you like just scrub like you know like was it like a lather, rinse, repeat, lather, rinse, repeat la- like for an hour? Yes, you know? yes. I had the the loofah thing that I just scrubbed, scrubbed my <laughs> skin off. Dirt won't come off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Katie, same question to you. First thing you did when you got out? Oh, definitely. I raced home, took a shower used all the hot water and I washed my hair like three times and it, yeah I was 
all that grease. I wanted it out. Now, you guys were saying, I mean, from I think about the halfway point that you couldn't smell the inside of the truck. Once you were out of the truck and at home and maybe after the shower, could you smell it then? Or is it still is that like a is that like some post-traumatic stress thing where you've just blocked it out forever? Do you think I didn't smell it? Uh, I went to go smell my watch later on. And yeah, because um, yeah, that went in the garbage. Oh, yeah. So did you burn everything that you were wearing? Did you just throw away the clothes you had on in there? No. You just did uh, keep those for posterity? My yep. mom already washed everything. My shirt's hanging up in my storage shed, and I'm hoping to frame that in some way. <laughs> Would you... Back you seal it? Yes. Yeah. Looking back on it now, and, and Katie, I'll ask you this. Looking back on it now, you, uh, would you do this again? Uh, you know, even if you sort of magically, uh, you know... If knowing the outcome now, if I gave you the option to sort of wave the wand and go back and kind of do the whole the whole thing again, just for the thrill of it, would you do it again? Oh, definitely. It was a life experience. I met a lot of cool people. Um, yeah, anytime you can get any sort of experience in life like that, that go ahead, take the chance, take the leap. I'm just well, proud that it was two ladies that ended up like the guys pushed out. And seriously, I mean, like, what's his name? There's no shaking, you guys. You guys could have lived in that thing for a year, I think. Oh, because you want, yeah, that must have been it. When did you both, that's a really good point, Sarah. Mm-hmm. So early on, did you guys secretly inside think, oh, I don't know, I, I might pull the ripcord on this pretty, pretty early? Or did you, no. from early on, did you vow, like, I am in it until the very end? Oh, yeah. From day one, it was never a consideration that you would that you would give up. No, so that was just the guys really who were lame. See, that's the joy of being a woman. Good for you. Well, because you know, give up like, but they lasted like two days. Seriously, we hear about those women who have like fourteen hour like childbirth, whatever. It's like women, you know, you can go go through anything. We're supposed to Dustin who. I don't even really know what Dustin's reason was. Even now, I think he was... How many days did he last? Like two? Like, like a day and a half, maybe. Yeah. No, he said it was because Chad was annoying him. Yeah, well, you know... I, uh, Which, well, you know, life is annoying. That's just... <laughs> you need to be able to deal with it. It's the way it is, Buttercup. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Chad had a well-documented uh, run-in with some energy drinks that... Uh, I know that you were not happy, Jessica, when he came back on... The, the radio the next day, and he revealed that it was not because he, when Chad quit, he claimed that he had a friend in a car accident and he had to go to the hospital. Which is just a horrible thing to say. Totally. And yeah. then he came on the next day. He's like, "Well, I really had too much caffeine. And I was kind of trembly." Uh, so you were, we were listening to you on the webcam, and you were, you were not happy about that. Yeah. No, he had told me that the whole car accident thing, and that he didn't want people to know. So I was, you know, I actually started crying for him, and I was all upset. <laughs> and then it comes back that it was a total lie, and I, I just thought that was kind of. Nasty. <laughs> yeah, it just it it was just bad. You, you tell a lie bad like thing. that, some something's going to come bad. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think it, it's very rare for you got to be telling a lie. It's, well, I, the, the idea that he was pounding a bunch of energy drinks when his job was to sit there and not move and simply just to eat all day. Uh, he trying to keep it up for like the banging, maybe for like clanking things together. That might be it. Actually, he might have been trying to to keep the crazy going. Uh, that was what was the mo- that leads to another question, which is what was the most irritating or the worst aspect of the entire thing was it the food or the you know the, the repetitive nature of it or some of the food the other people brought in or the was noises, it the filth or the noise the crackheads that would wander from across the street and come in <laughs> hillbillies with air horns oh, driving by. freaky for me it was just it it was the dirtiness of it you know not taking a shower i mean there was obviously some of the noises that were annoying the bullhorn right in your ear was yeah <laughs> was a little rough sometimes, but, you know, you learn to deal with anything. Like My thing is, I get to, Sarah and I have talked about this before, it's like you, you reach that critical mass. Like, if you like you skip a day, you don't wash your hair, or, you know, whatever, that's that's fine. But you, but you get to, there's like some line you pass 
I think especially for me, it's like it's it's washing my hair. Where for some reason, like if you're you know you're on vacation or you're just doing whatever, and you for some you know you just don't wash your hair for a couple of days. It'll be fine, but then you'll reach that one moment where you're like, I have got to go wash my hair instantly. The idea of just sitting in a truck for two weeks and not washing my hair, I mean, and I and I don't have long hair. I mean, my hair is short. I can't even imagine that. No, I mean, but your hair, like both of your hair looks really shiny. Like I wa- oh. not washing your hair is really good for it, actually. You're covered with extra luster, basically. <laughs> uh, and the, I guess my, my final question would be, what was your favorite part of doing the whole thing, if there was one? I mean, you know, apart from the, the resolution in the end, and both of you guys won something, so... That notwithstanding, what was the best thing about it? For me, it was meeting all the cool people. I mean, so many people came out to support it. And like even getting out now, so many people are coming up to me and telling me that they supported me. And it, that was the best part was just all the people. Some of them crazy and weird, but some of them very cool. <laughs> some of them missing a lot of teeth. <laughs> yeah. And same. I mean, I'm a people person by nature, so... All those different people and their comments and their support, whether it was for Jess and I, you know, if they were on Jess's side, they'd, oh, sorry, you know, but, you know, this is how it is. And, you know, I totally think that's cool, whatever. Um, but, yeah, and, and being able to just talk to all your different folks and being able, being on the um, the webcam it was kind of cool. That was ridiculous. <laughs> so we have people, we have a friend who's a, a television producer who is actually in L.A. And, you know, that show Cougar Town, like all of the actors and actresses on that became obsessed with watching you guys on uh, on the webcam. He tells you, like, Dustin, he's uh, uh, Dustin, um, uh, David. Is it David Arquette? Is that the guy? Yeah, David Arquette and, and like, Courtney Cox. So, like, David Arquette loves the webcam. He thinks really? it's awesome. Yeah, and so. Busy Phillips, like, they couldn't stop watching it. Like, they during their lunch break, they would sit and watch you guys. <laughs> See, Did you guys forget the awesome. camera was there? I tried to forget it was there. But you never, did you ever catch yourself saying something or doing something or like, oh, damn, I forgot I'm on camera? No. No. Because you always hear about if, you, if you're near a camera long enough, you'll forget about it. And I, it sounds like that wasn't the case, at least for you guys. I don't think it was quite long enough. No. <laughs> Maybe a month or two it would have gone into that. Well, that'll be the next time we uh, do the contest. So, all right. Uh, by the way, we've got the confirmation here. Dustin went, um, yes, he bitched out at 27 hours. Oh, that was the on. uh, one day, one day, three hours. That's, uh, that's when he left. So... All right. Well, congratulations again to both of you guys for making it all the end. Way like way way farther, I think, than probably I would have uh, than I would have gone. And so. you guys were awesome. Congratulations on being just unsnappable. Like you were not negative. You weren't complaining. Nothing. Like I would not have been able to do that. Oh, and and actually, my you one final thought is you uh, mentioned meeting all the people. You guys both had a lot of uh, gentlemen callers who came by and were like, "So uh, I've been watching on that webcam all day and all night, wearing no <laughs> pants." What are you doing when you get out of this truck? Uh, with, what did, did you guys know any of those dudes who were sort of coming by, or were they just admirers? No, that was kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, and I know, uh, Katie, you are married. Jessica, you're uh, you're single. Did you uh, did you take any phone numbers with you? Um, I exchanged a few email addresses with some of the people, but none of the creepy callers. All right, excellent. <laughs> well done. No soulmates. No soulmates. Okay. Yeah, well, no. Okay. You've got to learn to be. Uh, got to learn to. You know to do. Uh, got to learn to separate the the wheat from the chaff. And it sounds like you're on board with that. So, Jessica and Katie uh, were the winner and runner-up, respectively, of Survive It and Drive It 2009. So again, congratulations to you both, and uh, you know, thanks for uh, you know, thanks for coming in, and uh, you know, for being part of this. It was. Um... Oh, I just wanted to. Tell everybody that was listening, look, watching, thank you so much for the support and being out there with us, all the blogs, you know, it was just wonderful to have that support, especially in sometimes it was like, oh God, 
uh, read us something pleasant. <laughs> as opposed to just, uh, as opposed to just coming. What was that guy who was there with the bullhorn screaming lines from American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis? Are you kidding? There was, that was cool. I don't That's, think you were there that day. There was two so dudes disturbing. with bullhorns and they had a copy of American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis, which is this incredibly disturbing follow up to Less Than Zero. And they each had a copy and a bullhorn and they were just screaming out the worst you know, she struggled for air but could not breathe. You know, and it's. And I remember just sitting there and actually saying to myself after like the thirty second mark, like I got to take a walk. I uh, I'll be back in like an hour. Or so, anyway, Jessica, Katie, thank you guys again and congratulations. The Rick Emerson Show. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Straight ahead, we have news from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. So stay right there. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Don't go anywhere. Show in mere moments only on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. The phrase of the day is gravy yacht. It's 503 228 4101. Thank you for uh, coming by. In mere moments, we have Tim Riley at the news desk. So, this just in. Well, we mentioned earlier that we uh, we now have Richard Belzer. Uh, Belzer. Uh, confirmed for next Thursday. Richard Belzer. Next Thursday. Tomorrow we'll be talking to Max Brooks, author of the Zombie Survival Guide, World War Z, and Zombie Survival Guide Recorded Attacks, which is the new graphic novel he just uh, put out. Uh, also this week, Rick Springfield, who I think is going to be on this season of Californication, but just confirmed tomorrow, 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 filmmaker Michael Moore. Right here on Are the... Are we uh, sure we have time to fit him in? Rick Emerson Radio Program. Well, you know, we'll see. That's... Uh, it's all about whether or not Joan Embry shows up, Tim. So, Michael Moore tomorrow. And we were talking with Christy about this, about uh, his new film, The, the Capitalism of Love Story, which, you know, I think it actually still outperformed probably what the average documentary does. It's yeah. tricky for that guy, though, because he's just raised the bar so high. I mean, he basically only competes with himself uh, at this point. I think if you were to look at the list of the top five grossing documentaries of all time, I think he's got like four of them. Mm. So he's that guy is, you know, he kind of is just neck and neck with himself every time he puts out a movie. At the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 827, about 44 degrees. We have a frost warning in effect for this morning and tomorrow morning as well as temperatures dropping to the 30s. Some spots, maybe it is where you are. Well, the judge will decide bail for the accused stalker of ESPN reporter Aaron Andrews, who secretly videotaped her nude. The man under arrest, 47-year-old Michael David Barrett, whose parents live in Milwaukee, Oregon. Yes, he's a hometown boy. He faces five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. His neighbors in the Chicago suburb are surprised. They said he's just an ordinary fellow. So ordinary, in fact, he cooks on a barbecue grill. And two weeks ago, he put up a for sale sign on his home where he lives alone. He wants $299,000 for his house. So he lives in Chicago now, but he is from Milwaukee, Oregon. That is correct, yes. Oh, all right. He's so, an insurance man. And his parents said that's, that, that's not the Mike we knew. Yes. Did they say new, like past tense, or no present tense? They didn't specify. Greg? Uh, they said no. 
That's not the mic we know. That's not that's not the mic they know. So maybe they haven't mm. shunned him yet. Uh, maybe the shunning is still to come. Maybe now they're just con- maybe they're in the denial stage. It's still peculiar wording though. It really is. I uh, what is the first stage of, uh, of of grief? Is that denial? Denial. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. So, well, his lawyer says he's a great friend. Uh-huh. Um, and the neighbors say they don't know very much about him except he drove a swinky car and threw golf clubs in his trunk every so often. He's got a keen eye for beauty, Tim. Let's he not really forget does. that. All right. Uh, I-90 has reopened following a blinding dust storm that wreaked havoc throughout central Washington. High winds, top utility poles, power lines, threw them all in the road. Danger all the way to Idaho. 11 were injured in a massive car pileup. Vancouver residents are getting sick thanks to insecticide from a pottery kiln. It's happening in the subdivision at 172nd and 32nd. A poisonous substance leaked into the kiln last spring. The owner forgot about it, so he lit it on fire and fumes filled the neighborhood, making all the neighbors sick. So it's not so much a kiln as it is a kiln. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a kilning field. Kil- <laughs> uh, here's Tim Riley. The man accused of trying to extort David Letterman may have a grudge against him. According to the Post, CBS producer Robert Handelman was shut out of the late show Social Events after he started dating one of Letterman's former flames, Stephanie Burkett. The source says Letterman wanted Burkett not at, at the events, but not Halderman. In the meantime, there's talk about Letterman's Secret bedroom. On the television last night, there was this uh, program, Curve Your Enthusiasm. In case you missed it, we have a couple of things about this. It uh, turned out it was supposed to be about a Seinfeld reunion. There was plenty of yelling and screaming throughout. Uh, In this scene, Seinfeld yells at Larry for cursing at the head of NBC. Hang on a minute. I had muted that by mistake. He yells at him for cursing the big cheese at NBC. Another delay. You told the head of NBC to go f*** himself? Yeah, I did. The guy says he's going to fix me up with taking. He puts me up in the rafters, the worst seats. Oh, I'm so crazy. And then I caught the asshole screening my call. So you crap on the head of the network? What are you doing? He's apoplectic. Apoplectic, Larry. That kind of behavior is completely unacceptable. Yeah. All right. You got all the principles, but the project's in the toilet because Larry David doesn't want to sit in the loge. I don't think that was the loge. That was way up. Larry, you have got to speak with Sandy. You have got to clean up that mess. you got to apologize. Okay, first of all, boy, can Jerry Seinfeld not act. Uh, I love him, though. I love Seinfeld so much. I think he's... No, he's great. I mean, he was savvy enough to create a show around his own... Not unlike myself. Around his own inabilities. (laughs) Just Just like me, I finally figured out that I couldn't actually do a decent radio show the way that you're supposed to do it. So I had to retrofit uh, this rattling claptrap of a radio program around my own stunted uh, and deformed inadequacies. It works just fine. Yes, it does, Tim. Uh, I finally figured out that really I uh, that was just the way to do it is to start with the end and work backward. Uh, but so, but Jerry Seinfeld, he's just got that you know he's just got that one kind of weird off kilter delivery he does. You can hear all the edits there because it's such a relentlessly profane show. But it is telling of how big a part in Seinfeld's success Larry David played that he was the guy who was able to get them all together. Because this is the first time, right? This is the first. Wait a minute. But of course, we're not asking. What about Michael Richards? Because I didn't see it. See, the thing is, I, I thought it was I, all four of them. Was it? Was Michael Richards on? I didn't see him in the brief uh, scenes that I saw. Greg, Michael Richards? Yeah, Michael Richards, and I think a bunch of other of the side characters, too, because I know uh, Wayne Knight is going to be on there, and there's a, I, I think most of them are going to be on. Did they address awesome. the Michael Richards thing? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I might start watching this today, though. Uh, that see, would be amazing. That sounds like something Curb Your Enthusiasm would do. This is one, see, this is one of those days when I really uh, I lament uh, my early bedtime and the fact that uh, my wife doesn't like serial killer dramas, because that really is what put in motion the whole chain of events that led to me missing everything last night. 
Uh, so I, I'm curious to know if they addressed Michael Richards and the whole uh, racist uh, issue last night. All right, here's Tim Riley. A pilot and cabin crew of an Air India flight brawled at 30,000 feet after a stewardess accused the co-pilot of sexual harassment. The cockpit of the Airbus A320 was reportedly left unmanned during the scuffle, and at one point the pilot allegedly threatened to land it until the fighting was over. Well, uh, officers arrested the uh, commander and captain as soon as it landed on suspicion of committing assault or use of criminal force against a woman with intent to outrage her modesty. Uh, three people have been injured at a Florida gun range mishap. Where? Oh, Florida. come on. Oh, oh I'm wait, sorry. I got it. That was, I failed. That was a total fail on yes, my part. Uh, this after a Tampa couple and an Irish tourist were shot at oh. a Lakeland gun range after a handgun accidentally fired. What kind of a tourist? Uh, uh, Irish tourist. Well. The I mean. man in an adjacent stall, 29-year-old Gary Flynn of Ireland, oh. was most seriously injured. He underwent surgery after being hit in the shoulder and throat. He's in stable condition. Wait a minute. Somebody from Ireland, uh, there was an incident at a gun rage, and somebody from Ireland was a victim? Yes. You stop that. It's like the world is spinning backward I'm going backward to shooting on range today. Why does that story have to be today? Why? The same reason all the motorcycle death stories have to happen every Monday, Tim. Um, you know, because Tim cares about you, Sarah. An Indianapolis man under arrest for allegedly biting off the ear of a man during an attack. This happened at the man's home. He said a, a dog was shot while officers arrested the man in question. A dog broke away from a residence, came at the officer in an aggressive manner. The officer did discharge his firearm, striking that dog. Now, the dog was picked up by animal control and destroyed. That's a happy story. Could we find... Destroyed? <laughs> destroyed it always seems like such a weird term whenever they talk, because it's always an animal, right? It's never a person. They never say, well, and the inmate was taken to death row and destroyed. Destroyed is sort of strange, because it's like I'm picturing them being put in that... I'm picturing being put in that thing that Billy Crudup goes into in Watchmen. You know, where it kind of goes, you know, and he just turns into a ball of light. Uh, destroyed sort of seems like with extreme prejudice, like the dog is made into a fine powder uh, or something. There's trouble in Cleveland after a man dressed as Spider-Man is burglarizing home. I have three children inside my house, you know. It could have been right across the street of my house, you know. And it could have been deadly. What? The man dressed as Spider-Man is burglarizing homes. It makes him more vulnerable for right now, you know, with Halloween coming around the corner. Oh, I see, because he's like, the kids think he's just, it's a wacky costumed uh, guy, not so much and a he's burglar. he's a burglar. On the other side, we'll have more details about David Letterman's secret bedroom. Uh, plus more from Tim Riley. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. You're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. On Rock 101 KUFO. Awesome. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Now I'm just going to be resetting creep show lines all day. Jordy Farrell, this is going to be extremely painful. Sorry. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. Oh, speaking of Halloween things, uh, I want to give a, uh, a shout-out or give shouts-out, as they say, uh, to Mike, Mona, Jack, Heather, 
uh, a bunch of other listeners that I uh, saw at the Halloween Bazaar, the Portland Halloween Bazaar, which happened on Saturday at uh, the Lloyd Center Doubletree. Which that well, I, I went and I didn't meet any listeners. I didn't. I, I gotta tell you, I didn't know what to expect um, because I went to you know show the support to Aaron Duran because he was debuting the first few pages of his uh, of his comic book that's coming out soon. Which seems awesome. Which seems fantastic. And then of course his wife uh, makes and sells like a lot of really cool uh, sort of handmade kind of spooky craft type stuff. Anyway, so I you know I just went by just to you know to give a big show of support. But I walked inside. That place was amazing. I boy, I spent a lot of money there. I really, I just have to tell you, I, I, I got like I don't know three or four tables into that into that place. I mean, there was probably seventy tables. I got three in, and I think I'd already blown like seventy bucks or something. And I was just like, okay, I got to put the brakes on wow. this like right now. I yeah, it was. It was, that was a really, really great thing. Anyway, it's been a bunch of uh, listeners there. So uh, howdy and hello at the news desk. Your personal savior, Tim Riley. Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 848. We do have a frost warning in effect for tomorrow morning. It was another cold one this morning. 44 degrees in some spots. High city about 60. Some of the Indian casinos in Washington are rethinking their illness rule. You know that people sick are required by management to show up on the busiest days at the casino, even though they are sick. It's kind of a little bit of payback for the 2,000 white men and women who work for the Indian casinos. Casino workers say calling in sick on a block day, as they call it, equals a one-day suspension without pay. So you're supposed to work even though you're sick at the Indian casinos. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, today's the last day to sign up to get rid of Mayor Adams. They need 32,000 signatures. They're still not saying how many that is. From Florida comes word, a 74-year-old woman was attacked by a gang of raccoons. She was trying to shoot them away when they knocked her down and attacked her without warning. Down, they will enveloped her. She's literally bitten and scratched from yeah. the face and chest all the way down through the legs. Christy Steinmetz ran next door after hearing her neighbor's screams. They were deep lacerations. We've Good got Lord. traps out in the community. We've done reverse telephone calls to everyone in the community. We want to find these raccoons. Neighbors provide... Yeah, that's bad. This it, home video of raccoons roaming the neighborhood. They're known to be aggressive in their search for food. They're unrepentant at this time. No, something's got to be. Five members of a raccoon gang terrorizing a Florida town. Wow. Something's got to be done, Tim, before they take over. Then there's David Letterman's secret bedroom. A former intern says. Hold on a second. Sarah, where would you guess uh, David Letterman's secret bedroom is? Uh, behind a green room. Good guess. Tim? No, it's in the Ed Sullivan Theater, upstairs. Upstairs. Uh, Letterman's bachelor pad is known as the bunker. It's off limits to those except for his favorite young little playthings. He doesn't have to come out, says one person who's in the know. He doesn't even have to go outside to look for sex. See, I... Well, I mean, look, I, I mean... if him and his lady have an open relationship, then, you know, teach their... Some guys negotiate a private parking space, you know? I mean, what are you, you going to do? The, my thing is... Like, somebody had, this is when we heard those rumors, which I think turned out to be false, that there was a creepy secret Michael Jackson bedroom with, like, manacles on the wall, which seems so believable at the time and actually still does. So, did most of decorated, like, Peter Pan stuff? But see, it doesn't exist, I don't think. I think we just heard the story that it existed, and then it was never proven. Yeah. Uh, but that, and that's the thing with this Letterman deal, is, like, somebody had to build that, right? Like, I can't see David Letterman up there on the weekend with, like, a hammer and nails, like, you know, d d building himself a secret bedroom in the Ed Sullivan Theater. Somebody had to build that or furnish it. So it makes you wonder, like, who did that and what was the story they were told? Like, why does Mr. Letterman need a secret bedroom here? No reason. Keep working. I mean, that you, you wonder, like, why the sort of dam didn't breach 
uh, before now with this. Well, whatever. Meanwhile, CBS is going through the YouTube and its own site to erase all mention of David Letterman's sex scandal. These older folks who do this type of thing think people are going to forget about it. We don't know why. It's it's not like they're going to make any headway on it. There is no stopping the Internet, though. I wonder, um, because I saw that Leno and... Um, uh, uh, Leno and uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon both, you know, they kind of poke some fun at Letterman during their monologue. My question, though, is going to be Craig Ferguson, who I think is off tonight. I don't think he's on tonight. Craig Ferguson tomorrow, because he's, I, you know, I'm not much of a late night TV watcher at this point in my life. I just, you know, I just don't stay up that late. But Craig Ferguson is sort of the, I hate the word edgy, but he's, you know, he's the guy who kind of, he's a little more blunt spoken, uh, you know, when he does his comedy. He kind of mm. addresses some things that other people won't. I wonder if Craig Ferguson will make fun of it because, you know, the thing about the Craig Ferguson, the Late Late Show, is that is owned and syndicated by Letterman's company. So Worldwide Pants, which is David Letterman's uh, production company, they actually distribute and own the Craig Ferguson show. So I wonder if he's going to make any cracks about Letterman in his monologue. That'll be kind of irresistible force, immovable object time because it's going to be conspicuous if he does not make fun of Letterman. But Letterman is his boss, so I I will be watching with great interest to sort of see how that that, uh, unfolds. 5,000 unemployed Oregonians get a 13-week extension of unemployment now. This all started yesterday. The state has the fourth highest unemployment rate in the nation at 12.2%. The state pays unemployment up to 26 weeks. Federally paid unemployment works uh, get, go up to 33 weeks. And the Oregon emergency benefits, 13 weeks more. Excellent. So that is a good thing. There were huge crowds cheering on thousands of Portland Marathon runners. As city streets are closed down yesterday to irritate people in cars. Job well done. They did it. Thousands and thousands showed up. And this isn't to cure anything except the smooth flowing uh, freedom of traffic, right? Uh, this is just to this cure... This uh, cure any economic uh, shot in the arm for downtown business. That's what it, it cures. We're here with a uh, surefire cure for efficiency and being able to get where you'd like to go on a Saturday. It's uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Hey, somebody has uh, raised this question here. When does 2012, the movie, open? Do we know when that is? Is it October? I thought it was October something. It's October 13th, maybe? Mm -hmm. Something like that? Because there's that confusing way that they end the trailer where it it says, one date will unite us all. And then it says 2012, Mm -hmm. and then it immediately says, like, October 13th. It's all very confusing. So it's a date none of us can remember. Well, and plus, it several times. Doesn't that mean the movie's going to be? I mean, not that it looks like it's going to be a modern classic, although I think it will. Doesn't that mean the movie's going to be dated in like three years, though? Like once the end of 2012 comes, then it's Mm going to be. Well, then I guess it becomes instant retro, right? Movies are only good for a week, sometimes two. I'm just saying um, that we ought to be planning something for that. We ought to be uh, because I'm going to be there opening night. You will not be able to keep me away from 2012. Does it appear to you that there's a sequence in that movie where? Ocean waves are, in fact, crashing over the Himalayan mountain range? Yes. Okay. So we have, so far, an aircraft carrier being swept by a wave into the White House. We have two buildings collapsing into one another, like skyscrapers, and a guy having to navigate a plane between two buildings, which I do believe they recycled from the movie uh, The Godzilla, by the way. There's a sequence where the Earth is just caving in and appears to be hollow, sort of like the planet Vulcan in the new Star Trek reboot. And then there is a sequence where waves are then, yes, covering the Himalaya mountain range. Yes. So all of this adds up to a movie that is just pure distilled Which wind, in my opinion. Awesome. So I don't see how we can, uh, I don't see how we cannot stand behind this movie. And I love the step. mindlessness of it all. That's right, Tim. You and me and all of America. None of it makes sense, which makes it even better. See, it's not really a date that unites us all. It really is an attitude. And that attitude is, uh, I'm going to sit here. Amuse me. 
It's uh, 503-228-4101. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Zombie Survival Guide and World War Z author Max Brooks, also the author of uh, Zombie Survival Guide Recorded Attacks, and who else? filmmaker Michael Moore. Sarah, Michael Moore will be uh, joining us on the show Fantastic. tomorrow. Be listening for that. Also, Dax Holt from TMZ and Don Taylor from Movies. Dot com. We want to thank Cena Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer for joining us, Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian, uh, Jessica and Katie from Survive It and Drive It. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan from Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler. The front desk, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn, the webmistress Bridget from upstairs, Alpha Broadcasting marketing guru Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s coming up next with our good friend Buzz and Court and Fatboy this afternoon from 3 to 7. They will have tickets for you to see Juliet Lewis this coming Saturday at Dante's. It is Monday, October 5th, 2009, and that is the frequency, Kenneth. As always, my name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening, and watch out for snakes. Bye now. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.